Okay, this is the Immigrant Hustle Podcast. Today on the podcast, we have a very special guest in La Tigra. He is a YouTuber, a chef, a food show host, and today he sits down with your boy B-Magic and... Noise, and we talk about his start in the YouTube game, working with the likes of AK, AK Amazing, as well as Harmon the Hater. He's been around. And we also talk about his show Tiger Bites, which he's got going on right now. Uh, I was actually there to host one of the episodes with him, and I had a shit ton of fun with him. <laughs> and we also talk about just kind of his inspiration, learning how to cook from his mom, learning how to cook in the Gurdwaras, and also really being inspired by the likes of Anthony Bourdain. It's been a, honestly, that was a really funny up and down conversation that we had, but it's, it's, it's up there in one of my favorite episodes. No doubt. And we also talk about fatherhood. La Tigra is a new father, so we kind of get into that as well and kind of what it's like to be this crazy, funny-ass dude, but then uh, now having to be serious and having to be a dad at the same time. Nah, you honestly get the best of both worlds in this episode because he's serious, but he's still yet the same funny guy that we love him for. And it's definitely a good episode, and you're going to enjoy this a lot. Follow him on Instagram, at Chef Latigra. This is the Immigrant Hustle Podcast, Season 1, Episode 2. Let's go. gentlemen boys and girls children of all ages this is the immigrant hustle podcast i am your host b magic i have my co-host noise yo 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 and we have a very special guest today we got chef la tigra, hey. or la tigra. Hey. yeah we, we a, a man of about. many names we don't even yeah. know how we should introduce you there, there's a story, man. I guess you, the, it's part of the immigrant, you know, struggle, the stories and the names. Yeah. Not all great, but you get to figure it out right after their. Uh, yeah, well, few that, of them are gonna be, they're very interesting stories. That's definitely something that we're gonna get into today, yeah. and uh, we definitely want to get into your story. But we want to thank you for uh, sitting with us and taking sure. some time off. And, for uh, sure, for sure, man. We've uh, we've been friends for a very long time. If people yeah. don't know, uh, we've known you for a very long time. So it's uh, it's gonna be a pleasure to kind of learn some things because we don't know everything. But that's why <laughs> we're doing this. So yeah. uh, uh, noise, you got anything to start with? Uh, first off, yo, congrats on becoming a father. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's oh, big. man. First time father. Very very. It's it's it's, it's something different, man. Yeah. I gotta say, it's very very. I'm very, very protective, and it also makes you want to do everything 10 times more. It's just like you got that, this immigrant hustle, it's like Super Saiyan now. Like, it's on another <laughs> level. It's like, yo, yeah. for the kid. You know that kid's doing stupid shit? It's like retarded right now. <laughs> Whatever. He's, he's not retarded. He's fine. But yeah. you know what I'm trying to say? Like, at the end of the day, yeah. like, dude, this guy has, like, nothing. And it's, I'm the dude who has to do everything. I you know? know it's I like. Know. It's pressure yeah. that you end up putting on yourself because you're like, yo, you want to, you want, obviously you want to do the most for your son. For yourself, you're like, okay, whatever. You yeah, can, you, you can afford to, to be lazy sometimes, yeah. right? You're only disappointing yourself. But, yo, putting a kid into the pressure, yo, that'll, that'll light the fire under anyone, right? You can't, you can't, now you can't make an excuse, right? It's like you screwing around, you know, dropping the ball. I just dropped the ball, whatever. <laughs> the guy's like, your boy's like, yeah, you dropped the ball here too, who cares? Yeah. But now if I drop the ball, that kid's going to absorb that drop in the yeah. ball. And that I don't want that to affect him negatively. Obviously, and that whole dropping the ball issue might be weird in itself. Where it's like, hey, dad, 
you're not perfect either in mm. the future you know how where his dad trying to be super dad no. and then your kid's like i know a thousand things you're doing fucked up anyways yeah. but i don't know man it's a balancing act it's a it's a challenge it's one of those things you got to figure out as it goes right yeah. how long have how long were you and your wife together for before having a kid uh we met in 2010 uh 2009 2010 uh march so we were before we got married how much is this five six years before i got married then two years in so seven eight years before we had okay. a kid yeah that, that's good though because then you know it's a lot of people have kids early and then it's like yo you didn't even have time to like go travel and do stuff you know at, yeah. at, least, at least that way you get to go do your fun stuff as well and then you, you're not missing out on that when when because yo having a having a kid is a full-time job you know even tonight normally like she's like let's go do dinner normally you'll be like 10 o'clock whatever or 10 30 or whatever time we're finished here you'll be like yo i'll just come after we'll go out now it's like no you can't leave the kid. <laughs> Normally, like, just leave the kid with the moms, you know? They, uh, they help out all day. They yeah, take care of the kids. Of and it's like, okay, well, mom needs to sleep too. Yeah. Right? At the end of the day, you still kind of jumble your little yeah, kid. You're like, oh, you I'm a good mom. guy every yeah. now and then. Even all day today, I barely, I just come downstairs, do googly eyes with the kid, and mom, <laughs> deuces, change the diaper, you know, change the diaper, yeah. feed the kid. And uh, yeah, that responsibility thing is huge. I'm trying to go on vacation. You got to figure out, hey, is this kid friendly? What if someone comes and tries to jack me? You know, yeah. stupid things. You think. <laughs> You're gonna be, I can't get super drunk either. Yeah. And it's like, I gotta be sober now. <laughs> I just gotta maintain my composure. You all gotta the time. be dad kind of guy yeah, now. If you're dad weird. and freaking civilized and. You're just sitting at the bar quietly. You know, just <laughs> quiet drinking. Quiet drinking and hanging out. And the yeah. wife is doing a lot of talking. You know, God, Ali's doing mad talking. <laughs> <laughs> That's all. The, the boat tea. The yeah, boat tea don't boaties, stop, bro. Man. The boat tea's don't stop. The boat going. <laughs> she doesn't need alcohol, you know? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So, uh, for the, let's say for the average listener who may not know who uh, Chef Latigra is, uh, how would you describe yourself? Because you are a comedian, you're you're a YouTuber, you're a chef, you're a, like you you're a jack of all trades, if I may say. Uh, okay, I grew up in Brampton. I think we you grew up in well Norway, and then yeah. you came here, and you probably came to Heart Lake. So I grew up somewhere called County Court. Yes, and the schooling system there was where it was well mixed. So it was a well mixed place, and then. Uh, the comedy thing that had to all came into place was me. I had to go through transition. So I went to gourmet school. I had a Judah. Yeah. I was a singer as a kid. I knew my, I still know my rarities. I can read so and write. When, when did you sell out? I sold out great. <laughs> hey, I sold out twice. Grade five. Great. Let us know the exact date <laughs> that you sold out. I, I was in grade five. So my mom was pure. My dad is mellow. My dad didn't have a hair. Like, he never had a bag or anything. He yeah. wasn't the Amratari dude. He was a spiritual cat. But he ain't no, like, hey, Patakar and, you know, you're Gormathi and you're sick 100%. My mom was 100% strict. We went through that whole process because of my mother. Went to Gormit school. Went to Punjabi school. Had to have a Judah because of my mother. Yeah, yeah. Super strict. She brocked you all the time. Your mom's a mom. G still. G. She's a G. <laughs> and then... Uh, then my mama is what is not. My mom are all mixed. One biggest one is obviously Humble's dad is the Amartari one, and then everyone else is not. So yeah. uh one day we're in grade five and mama, we're at like a soccer camp. I'm shit. I'm a chubby fat kid, can't play soccer. <laughs> right? So I'm just after soccer, you're trying to be cool. Yeah. My mama comes, he's like, yo, he tells her talking, he's like, yo, 
I'm gonna go cut your hair. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I, was like, foul shit. I was like, all right, cool. And my dad was there too. Yeah. So my go to my dad, because my dad was so chill. Yeah. You could have got any like anything you wanted, your mom would always say no. My dad would be like, Yes, do yeah. whatever you want. <laughs> and I went to my dad, I'm like, yo, I'm gonna go cut my hair. To me, it's like whatever, I'm not in trouble. My dad knows. Yeah. Cut my hair. My other cousin cut his hair too, because oh, he's a little kid. Shit. He's Baljeet's younger one. brother. So both of us got rocked. My mom's like, man, ever again. Tuni mera yeah, yeah. And then I was all sad. I was like in the park by myself and everything. And so whatever. I didn't care. <laughs> the next day I'm like, I'm chilling. I'm like, I just, you know, taking a shower the first time, it was ill. I can't yeah. hate on it, right? <laughs> so from there, my first nickname from that day was uh, Elvis, because I had some weird Elvis thing going on. The first yeah. day I saw him, like, yo, everyone's gonna think I'm cool. Right at the bus stop, the one first guy, his name was Chris Incognito, was a Filipino guy. He's like, yo, you look like Elvis. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's it. After that, that name stuck. No one knows that name. Only a few. The, count, yeah. uh, the Parkway kids know that one. That's so, your first rap name, eh? Young yeah. Elvis. That's when I first sold out. Yeah. At the same time, so I'll tell you when I sold out a second time. Okay? <laughs> but in those groups there, I was the only kid, Punjabi kids. There's like one or two Punjabi kids per class. And you had a bunch of different immigrants. And in order for me to fit in, I had to figure out how to be funny or add my immigrant status or do something that was always different. Either I was really cool because I was a seat guy and I took a kapan to school, that's some <laughs> stupid shit. Or it was like trying to be funny so we could fit in. Most of the time mm. it was trying to be funny so I would fit in with everybody else. And like I said, now you go to Brampton, I think it's 90% brown people. So there's a difference between when we grew up and what our the generation now is going through. And then went to high school. The second time I cut my hair in grade 11, it was really, no one wants to tell you the truth. It's usually for girls. Yeah, yeah. It is what it is. At the yeah, end of the day, it's the day. I had a cousin that the same thing. And did it for a girl. It, now in hindsight, and now in my position now, and in terms of the confidence that you have now, it's yeah. like, yo, that was dumb. You didn't well, really that's the thing. That. Yo, yo end of the day is the, the ones who have Judas and do cut it, it's it's usually in a time where they are vulnerable mm -hmm. and they don't have the confidence to look past it, right? And that yeah. does come later on in life for a lot of men, right? Yeah. And yo, end of the day is it, it happens, yo. Everybody is vulnerable in that stage, and, and and it does happen. It's true because the first time I obviously cut my hair, they're like, "How'd you grow it back?" So I grew it back a year. I think it was in two, three years later. So I was in grade seven or eight. I'm like, after this couch, I'm gonna grow it back. I went out like. I went to the gourmet stuff and it started to influence me again. I grew it back. Yeah. And then you go to these gourmet things on a regular basis and you go to this, the Gordwara where it's just us. It's just a bunch of kids from all over the GTA. We're linking up in Dixie Gordwara. Yeah, you shout, realize, shout out, shout out to Dixie, Dixie Gordwara link ups. Oh, <laughs> then we're doing the gourmet stuff and then you realize everyone's fucked. All these kids are fucked up. <laughs> so it's like, yo, the one out of 10 kids is actually true about it. And then you're just getting, that's where you met all the fucked up kids anyways. <laughs> you went to your regular school, <laughs> you go to the Godwar and then like, you go there and like, yo, this is, it's like a weird type of high school. And then yeah. you're just like, okay, all right. This is, it was a lot of mixed emotions and a mixed up, uh, it was one of those phases where you had to find yourself, you know? So obviously when I was like 16 or 17, did it again. Yeah. And now I'm going bald, so <laughs> that's what it is. It is there what it you is. go. <laughs> um, okay, so um, like, um, when did your parents uh, immigrate to Canada? Uh, my mom came in 1980 or 81 before my dad, so she came with her parents, yeah, and her brothers and sisters and everybody. My dad, then she went back to India, got married yeah. to my dad, and then my dad came in 82, I believe. Either they got married in 82. 
any god here in 82? Not 100% certain, yeah, but nah. 82-ish. Yeah, my parents are the same. My parents We're not going to report you to immigration, don't <laughs> worry. <laughs> and my parents got married in 81. Uh, my mom was already here, went back, got married, and then my dad came in 82. Yeah. So, yeah, kind of like that same era. I feel like that was when a lot of the waves, immigration waves hit. Yeah, especially, I think, out in here, or I guess the 70s and 80s was like a big, big yeah. rush of DCs coming in and kicking ass. For so, sure. This and uh, and uh, did they get located in Brampton right away or? Uh? No, no, no. So I guess they got, it was North York or Etobicoke now. That's okay. that area. So that's the, that's the hub. That, that, a, that seems to be the common thing with everybody is yeah. uh, Etobicoke right away. Now it's a bump in place, man. I yeah. like, wouldn't mind moving out there now. <laughs> but yeah, that's where they came. And then they did their whole warehousing, grinding their jobs and whatever. Cab driving and truck driving and factory work. The typical immigration thing, man. Yeah. It is what it is. Wake up, work, and then come home and then take care of everything. Mm-hmm. And then uh, that's it, man. Then the parents took care of everybody else. And then... Yeah. Uh, uh, you kind of touched uh, in on your schooling in Brampton. Like, what was uh, growing up in your time in Brampton? How, how was it for you? I think the first few years in primary school was okay but eventually because we had like i said we weren't the only immigrants there was different nationalities we had like vietnamese we had chinese we had the jamaicans and your parents and hedakale which the jamaicans and the africans were my boys they're the closest to us that's where we learned how to play ball that's where we learned all the any type of music culture we used to be in the back of the bus just singing out tunes rapping doing our thing in the back of the bus uh, with everybody just being gandapaying you know that's what it is <laughs> and yeah. everyone else was like trying to be good and we're like no 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 we're they had that kind of edginess that little bit of craziness in them yeah and i think we grew up in the night i grew up in the 90s so simple hip-hop like biggie i'm not a big i'm not a big music guy I just listen to music i don't know yeah. a lot but it's like biggie and then you had your r&b and stuff like that uh-huh. the fuji's you're singing some mad crazy shit in the back of the bus whatever's on the radio because even having a tape deck at home and you're not listening to part, even if you were allowed to play that, <laughs> it was the great. radio when you wake yeah. up early in the morning and part is uh, scaring you when you're going to grab water. Yeah, it was part, Hindi songs, because my dad's a big Hindi movie head. I had a big influence on these bomber movies and stuff. So I don't know how to say that, but anyways, I decided now. <laughs> and, uh, we'll figure a way to censor you out. And whatever. It's all love. <laughs> right? And then... Uh, Watch that stuff, and then you learned how to learn. That's how I could kind of speak Hindi. My Punjabi is good. Okay. So I could speak Hindi, and Hindi, that's how, like, my my crossover, me going back to my culture has helped me yeah. a lot. In terms of, even in the videos we do, the Punjabi knowledge is because we, we were influenced by so much of Punjabi stuff. And then the Hindi music is just another layer of, obviously we take from that as well right so it, it is what it is you're in india and you got to take some of that well, but there's nothing wrong even with that. in the youtube videos like your punjabi is like one of the best like what like like where does that come from was your parents strict on you with punjabi oh. were grandparents around uh, yeah. or what was it for you it was shit bread, man <laughs> at home it was just brock you spoke english you were not allowed to speak any english at home okay. i don't know i think that's a normal thing yeah, I think a lot, a lot of, of I think well, the thing is like you're you're supposed to be respectful. Any elder you're supposed to speak in Punjabi. At least that's the way I was raised. Yeah, right? same, yeah. even me right now, I'm trying to. I have that same process where I'm like the kids have to go to government school, government camp. I don't care. I'm yeah. like just go there. And it, in terms of networking, as a child, you don't realize how good it is because yeah. you don't. Other than just your community that you have now or what your parents know, 
when you go to these gourmet schools and stuff like that, it's just that you got, you're just meeting so many other people from they're all Punjabi or they're all Sikh which is great but it's they're just sense, not in the same area it's a area. sense of community which yeah. you get in sports you get in all sorts of stuff but whatever you just need to put your kids into as much stuff as possible and then whatever they gravitate towards you just need to let them do that shit you can't be that over over like protective person that's just like yeah go live out my dreams that didn't pan out for me and just like do that shit like yeah. that doesn't work either right so I feel like in that sense, it's just, you just got to expose kids to a whole lot of shit, man. Yeah. Like we said, I have the kid now. I don't know what I'm going to do in the future. Right now, I'm soft. The kid cries. I like, it hurts you in the inside. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how strict <laughs> I could possibly be. Yeah. It sounds fun and dandy. Like, hey, I'm going to fucking do whatever I need to do. <laughs> shit the prayer and all this other stuff. Soft. I'm mad yeah. soft when it comes to that now. <laughs> but yeah. who knows what we have to do as like fathers and, you know, like as parents. We have to be like, hey, I got to put my foot down regardless if it hurts or yeah. not, right? Where does creativity and shit like that start sparking in your brain? Like, obviously, we first see, uh, for me at least, I first saw you in the Harmon the Hater YouTube videos. But was was that kind of shit popping off or was that just kind of something randomly that fell into your path? Okay, so obviously we talked about primary school. We had great times in the 90s. Music was great. Kids were good. Kids, As kids, everyone's normal. You hit middle school, you hit puberty. There was still no like gangster lifestyle happening and you're still trying to mingle with all these generations. Went to W.G. Davis, a still well-mixed school. So it was like, we were still a minority, a well-minority in that school. So we let, allowed that to shine. At the same time, we took in obviously Canadian culture. But when we went to high school and went to Turner Fenton and then just like, you're not putting down too much Desi people being together and Sikhs being together. But it was like the circles there, there was a bunch of different cliques, bunch of different schools. And there's a lot of brown people. So a lot of brown mentality, even nowadays, is still thug life. Be cool for no reason. If, if it's always, and then this is, has another immigrant aspect to this stuff where, where the parents aren't there because they're working their asses off or the parents aren't educated enough on parenting or they're lazy parents. Or, or they're just those parents that would just blame other people's kids. Right. Nah, my, my kids couldn't do that. It must be the kids that he's chilling with. Yeah. That happens in our community quite often as well. Yeah. But I think the way our parents interact with Canada is different than the way our generation interacted with you know, Canadian society as a whole. Whereas for them, it was kind of like, yeah, I'm here, but I'm not here for me. I'm here for my kids. Yeah. Then as kids, we're so fully immersed in it, immersed in it to such a different level than our parents ever were. Yeah. Um, they didn't understand the Canadian culture and how to assimilate or that word, I guess I didn't know. Assimilate. Assimilate, yeah. 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 So they didn't understand that what we were going through because obviously they went to India, they didn't go to school. My mom went to grade two. My dad did finish, he did his master's, etc. So he was somewhat understanding, but at the same time, they didn't care enough to be like, hey, what are you going through in high school? So you yeah, have to figure they're everything. They're busy working. It's like, yo, you got to figure everything out during on your own terms. As that guy and during that time where we were in high school, I was always a goofy guy. Like I wasn't friends with everybody through high school and whoever I wanted to chill with. Yes, we were cool or thug life where because you were your friends are like that. You're just going to have to be yeah. like that, even though deep downside you're a goofball, right? At the end of the day, yeah. you're trying to be cool so you could fit in and just be normal. And then it was like most of the Miss Saga is like, we just watched funny stuff and we did funny things. We always wanted to make videos. I wanted to make videos when I was 15 years old. I wanted yeah. to be a DJ when I was 14. And my dad threw me in, like my dad was the type of guy, he went like, okay, you're 14. He threw me out some guy's computer shop and learned how to make computers yeah. mm -hmm. for free. 
Then the year after, I learned the whole year. I used to every Saturday, I just go and make computers. And I'm not getting paid. And you're like, there's no reason. I'm like, what am I doing with my life? Kids are just chilling at home or fucking around. Then the next year, dad bribed me. He's like, listen, work at a mechanic shop and I'll buy you this DJ equipment. So I went and worked at a mechanic shop, learned how to fucking fix cars for two years. <laughs> for fucking two years. So I got a DJ shit. It didn't happen. But then it is what it is. Like, okay, I learned a few different skills and stuff like that. But then I knew I wanted to make funny videos. I'm like, yo, we should do videos like this. There was no... And there's something called a uh, fuck. Was it called Chunky Lafunga? Have you heard of Chunky Lafunga? Yeah, yeah. It's a British show. It yeah, was like yeah, yeah. It was like UK British yeah, com- yeah. desi comedy kind of shit. And then one of these guys got me onto that, and they had these tapes. I'm like, what the fuck is this? This is joke. Yeah, so I don't, yeah, I don't yeah. know what that is. Can you break that down? A bit? Uh, okay, I forgot. I think it's called Goodness Gracious Me. Yeah, Goodness Gracious Me. So yeah, it was like, yeah. it was kind of like. Uh, like a South Asian sketch comedy group that okay. would create, like, I think they had shows and then they had ended up having movies, stuff like that. But it was just pretty much, it was pretty much one of the first kind of comedy, new school comedy take of things. But it was more UK, but you could, it, it still, it still translated to people over here in North America. 100%. What, what year are we talking this might 90s. yeah this might be 90s. like late 90s it might be from even before but i think this runs into my life late 90s early 2000s okay so that's like way before youtube way before like you're just yeah yeah tapes. like this would yeah. be like they'd be selling tapes and stuff oh, like that. it was like the guy had it obviously we recorded everything on vhs and the yeah. guy brought it there and the guy's like there's like skits of like old uncles talking like old uncles and they're yeah. making fun of that stuff yeah. like, this is what we should be doing here old yeah. fruity or this and that i forgot I don't remember. I'm just having a flashback right now. But I was like, that was enough. We're like, why aren't we doing this? We're funny enough anyways. Let's just make fruity jokes all the time. As you you don't know how to... The thing was like, you have these thoughts in your head. It's just that you're so young or you're not around enough people who have the resources or the connections or any know-how to be like, hey, Jatinder, you want to do this? Or you kids want to do this? Figure it out or... Hey, this is how you could get it done. It was just a thing or thought. Is like even uh, even at that time, it wasn't as accessible as it is now. Now yeah. you could even film that kind of shit, little sketches on your iPhone. Yeah. You could literally pick something out of your pocket and do it. Back then, when you were growing up, and even some of the early years of yeah. our life, the camera wasn't even nothing as good as that on a phone. So yeah. it was like to go get a camera. Now you see. 15 year old kids with Canon like pull out cameras so it's like now obviously it's more accessible for kids to be able to pull off but we're talking in a time where yo you can't just you can't just pull that out right it's a different it was a different beast but these these thoughts are in your head so what's your next step how how am I going to be able to pull this off sorry even before we get to to that question so you're watching these videos what was it about the videos that kind of connected was it just the fact that they were funny or was it that they were you know talking about your own culture and being funny within that context it was more the thing was like i told you in order to fit in you were funny like that was my thing i was just naturally funny or goofy so that's how people would connect with me and it was something that i've like it was a more of a stress relief as you grow up and you realize what you were doing it's like you're dealing with the stuff at home Mm -hmm. there's different obviously stresses that we had at home that not normal a canadian family would have it's like you know what there's certain people you could talk to. You couldn't go to your mother and talk about certain things. I couldn't personally, but it's not their fault either. Yeah. But yeah. in order for me to relieve my stra- stress, I would do fruity, weird things and be funny in front of my friends. That was a stress relief. You yeah. know? So that just became natural to do stupid shit all the time, right? So yeah. 
when I saw that, I'm like, whoa, and you could like, you could be famous with this. And like, it's so funny. And like, I wanted people to laugh. It was one of those kind of things, right? It didn't spark again in my head until I think it was the first year of uni where like, it was like more, I told you, the girls took over, cut the hair, did all that bullshit, lost weight. I was like 300 pounds at one point, lost all the weight, yeah. went through that transformation. And then you're like, this, the, the, the material things of the world come into vision and into uh, perspective and you lose focus on what you actually really wanted to do from the get-go. Mm -hmm. And when I went to uni the first year and we did a weird skit, we're like, we didn't want to do the work and we had a group assignment. So we're like, okay, fuck it. <laughs> we will just make a video. Uh, we made a video. Uh, I it was did one that of those stupid classes, uh, yeah. we were like, It was like, uh, not stupid, York University, you're great. <laughs> <laughs> there was a class, some sort of Indian class, I forgot what it's called. I forgot, sorry. So we did the assignment, we still did decent, and we were making fun of the stereotype of gay people and if your kid was gay and you know, how you would deal with that if you're a dad. So while we played different, the dad, uh, there was like a gay policeman and all this other stuff. So we did an awesome skit and you're like, whoa, this is so much fun. We should do that more. Still didn't do it. And then one day uh, when Harmon the Hater was popping off, they're, they're already doing the Harmon the Hater. Uh, I just walked into there because I knew Harmon Sempi guys. I known Harmon Sempi since I was in kindergarten too. Okay. So I known all those guys since Godora days. Another crew from the Godora plus our dad's group cab together. Yeah. And it was Harmon, Babu, and Humble shooting. I just came in quickly. I'm just gonna like F it. This isn't this is me. I don't know. And Humble's your first cousin for yeah. those who don't know. Yeah, so he's my first cousin and they're connected. And then I'm like, okay, did that first episode there. Then we just like, okay, from now on we're gonna shoot this. Yeah, they were ahead of their times in terms of that, or they were actually in the the right moment in terms of getting that shot and everything. Yeah. So, so even before how. you guys were filming stuff, you know, you mentioned about how you had to to be funny to fit in. Yeah. Were you were you like writing skits or writing jokes, anything like that? No, I still I won't even. I'm try, I'm learning that now. Literally yeah. right now, I'm actually figuring that while I'm doing the Tiger Bites episodes. Even now, we're winging it. We re realize, hey, there's personality you got to deal with when you work with people. You got to figure out who does what and how we work and how we would be a good fit. And as we work together, it's just getting more and more polished. And as it gets more and more polished, you research a little bit more. Now I started writing out things and jokes or ideas. They come more naturally as well. Mm -hmm. And it depends, man. That creative thing is natural when you have, when you were younger and you had less stress. Now that you add in like our current life state, like what I have now, uh, all the other stuff that adds onto that, the creative thing, it's like, it, it gets squeezed. I can't explain. It's like, it's hard to get those creative juices out again. It's like trying mm -hmm. to be, uh, it being in this, like, uh, it's like floating. I can't explain it. It's like, if you're able to float, the, all the weight of the world is on you when you have all these stresses. If you're able to get out of that and you can start floating again or you're trying to feel like the, there's no stress and you totally eliminate any other stresses, mm -hmm. that's when I am the best in terms of creativity. I don't have to worry about anything. Mm -hmm. It's 100% pure Gandapa, 100% <laughs> pure anything that it needs to be and it's just going to come out like anything. Like There's no one's well, business. Like but, I feel like early on, you just kind of got thrown into this thing. You yeah. were just that funny friend who might have just happened to come onto the Harmon the Hater because these are your friends, they're doing starting something. But I remember seeing you on that and I was like, your bits would always that was those were the parts that I would laugh at the hardest because I was like, who is this guy? Like at that point I had no idea who you were. I didn't know that you were Humble's cousin. You know, I I hadn't met you. So yeah. it was just like Who's this guy doing like French accents and stuff like that? And 
Like, where did that even come? Where did you even come up with shit I took like French, that? <laughs> <laughs> I took French immersion in grade seven, eight. I thought I was a hero. I did good in one school. Grade six, I killed. For some reason, yeah. in grade six, I ripped it. Okay, uh, that yeah. was like bordering out of the French. So I went. I'm like, okay, dad, I'm going to fucking French immersion now. Dad's like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> so I signed up for French immersion. Had no illness in French. Took French immersion. So this is where that weird French thing came. And that's why I wanted to do the accent. After grade seven, I never took French again. <laughs> it was too hard. It was retarded. Uh, so Zoolander was one of those movies we watched. The uh, Latigraph guy came from the look that he had. With the zoo, he, one of the look, one, one was called, what was it called? Magnum. Remember Magnum? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The other one, he had another one. It was exactly the same. It was yeah, just called yeah, Latigraph. Yeah. yeah. So I'm like, yo, that's a sick name, yo. That's a sick name. So, <laughs> so that's, that's where Latigra comes that's from. That's where Latigra came from. Okay. And then I'm like, it wasn't hard. I'm like, let me try doing the French accent. Yeah. I'll be a French guy. And then uh, I, I'm still trying to remember how that just conceptualized that day. I was like, I'm yeah. going to be a French guy. And we'll make fun of this and Oprah yeah. and all this. Like I said, it just came. It was easy. You didn't have no stress. We're going to shoot in the basement. I never thought anything's going to come of it. I'm like, we're just going to shoot it. And they're like, yo, this is so funny. Like, I'm like, okay, whatever. Like, I, I didn't know what's happening. But after you realize yo like there's a lot you can do with the stuff what, what's that shit they call in comedy that's like a technique like when you just go up and you create like a scene improv. what's that shit? improv, improv yeah, yeah. right so pretty much you were doing a technique of comedy which is improv without even knowing it you're just yeah. falling into it kind of it was just trying to make them laugh more than anything else like we're chilling together i'm yeah. gonna make you laugh and then all in all you know you get happiness in itself like that's where you get gratitude from yeah. it's mostly trying to get people to laugh and you're like mm -hmm. oh great and uh that's where that triggered and that's where sorry that's where everything gets started from and then from there eventually you went into the ak stuff yeah and you worked with us on that stuff it's mad fun i think it's who cares if you don't get any money from it it's actually like awesome therapy just because you're shooting yeah. the shit the amount of fun you have shooting a funny video if it's actually funny and you're doing well and everyone's actually lit and everyone's like properly the chemistry's there there's nothing that can compare it's just like we're having a good session and maybe the studio is like oh i'm killing it and everyone's like vibing out properly there's those are things that money can't buy you know what i'm trying to say that vibe everyone's chilling and it's like you made lifelong moments like that's in stone now it's like and the cream is like yo you get validated val valid <laughs> on <laughs> on youtube is like yo you got mad hits on it meaning like yeah. you know what people are like yo we killed it we know we killed it and that's like yeah we did well like i think that's one of the things about comedy too it's an it's an art form that everybody can connect to because laughter is universal and like have, can you do you have any stories like that where you can talk about how you know through your comedy you were able to connect whether it's across generations whether it's across ethnicities age groups whatever the case may be yeah like i said when in grades i took french immersion so in grade seven seven was it grade seven I had no friends i don't know why <laughs> okay because it was like Everybody in my primary school was in regular school. In the same school, there was a French immersion program and it was not a French immersion program. So these are people who are already taking French their whole life. And the first half of the semester, A, the school was effing hard. Like yeah. Everything was in French. The bloody math was in French. Everything was in French. There was no drive for me to do the work at the same time. But mm -hmm. through comedy and making fun of myself and making fun of other people, being outrageous, slowly I won that whole grade over that's what happened like whoever was in that class first i was like pure this guy's a weirdo and who's this guy and like i was the only one brown kid in french immersion per class like it was like one ever out of a hundred kids it was probably one brown kid doing french immersion there yeah and it was like okay what am i doing here trying to figure that out and then that's where i learned to be like hey be outgoing 
figure out, find out what's funny, what they find funny, and just make jokes about it and make fun of yourself. How are they gonna hate on you about that? You make make them laugh. That's all I was figuring yeah, that out. Comedy is the yeah. easiest way to connect with somebody. And then everyone's my boy, man. That's it. I got all the girls. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's all. That's all it is. Kind of kind of walk me through that. You know, you guys are putting out videos. Uh, you're getting a great response to it. Uh, what was the feedback? When I guess do you have a an experience where you were like walking down the street or at school or anything like that where you were recognized and someone knew you specifically for the videos? Um, the first time it really, really hit was, um, we did the videos. I think, I think Just Rain started to come out. I think AK came out afterwards too. So initially, obviously when we started making these videos, uh, you don't, I didn't understand the potential. Like to me, it was just like, we're making videos. I got 99 other problems, you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. It was like, you know, I got to deal with that. I didn't have it at the forefront like I do now, which, which is one of the priorities in life and uh it was just, just something to do it. it was just something yeah. to do right it was just something yo a bunch of people are doing something fun it's something that you're interested in you're not thinking of the outcome you're just doing things at this point my agenda was at that point it was like okay i'll just do it yeah. i never thought of it like because everybody had their own perspective like i said humbo knew what he was doing to an extent uh Harmon knew what he's doing and when they knew they're uh, Everyone had their own egos while you're dealing with this. I didn't have an ego in terms of that. I was like, I just want to be funny. I want to be known as the funny guy in the videos. That's it. Yeah. I never had no, okay, I'll do a spinoff or I own some of this or I, I'm owed anything. None of that stuff. That wasn't in my brain at that time. It's until not. It didn't make a difference. Like it was a great experience. Yeah. But during that time, you didn't realize that. I think uh, when we released it and then uh, you did get you're walking you're like yo la tigra you're just walking around like what the fuck like, you know? <laughs> and at the end of the day you first you like it then now at this point i don't really care about like in terms of, like yeah. now you realize in hindsight like okay it was great you got no, a lot but of we're, girls we're, talking you out let, let's let's just think about it in like when Harmon the hater is out right okay. like back in those days what was it like like yo the the first couple of videos that you're being featured in have come out when like the first person that recognizes you like how did it feel back then it felt awesome man it was a very it's like validation you needed that validation uh it, it was a very good feeling it's something it, else you're it's not something even else. you're not even searching for it at yeah. that point but it's it's great to receive it like i said i had no clue what this youtube show was like you did you're yeah. like whatever man <laughs> let's just do it let's go let's bust some jokes out there right and yeah. then and then people will recognize you. Kids like, can I take a picture? And they're like, yeah. That guy didn't have an immigrant son. <laughs> Why is he the normal kid? Yeah. And yeah, you'll take pictures with these people. You're like, great, let's take pictures. And obviously, Humble's blowing up with his stuff at that same time. So you're already experiencing it on another grander scale while that's happening. And yeah. you're getting the validation as well at the same time. There's something else. Like, you're going to... I've been like, I remember being recognized. I went to Montreal. I went to California. And you're being recognized. And I'm like, I'm not like ill like i didn't <laughs> i don't follow any think it was a crazy guy but yeah. you do get that recognition you're like oh cool crazy it got you a lot of girls which is awesome i think everyone yeah, initially course. did it for the girls and the popularity <laughs> and whatever and then you're like it's a trap anyways then no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you it was good man because it's like people would come and sit beside you like you haven't seen this video to that say you knew me and then you did it yeah and then you would show them on the phone this is when you could just start showing youtube videos like yeah. yo you even seen this video and they just laugh and then you just won this guy over you didn't even say anything mm -hmm. it was that kind of stuff where you already got it in you don't have to work on anything 
it's good and bad in itself because then it obviously boosts your ego and then that whole ego thing is another animal in itself <laughs> but it was awesome loved it i can't I, I i can't complain and at the end of the day it's a validation thing but when you start you take a step back and then you realize okay when you start wanting to, wanting to do it for yourself that's not what you want you don't care i i'm gonna be honest with you guys too being popular is great yeah, and it, and it is a it's it's like a, a gauging mechanism or something like hey I'm popular, but now at this time in my life right now currently that's not what I care for you know like it's like you're doing this so it's like a it's a sense of peace now you know like I'm making something I'm creating something, but it's not for popularity popularity it's not for ass it's not for uh, being the best at anything obviously you want to be the best at it but it's not for that's more for the the tranquility and the peace of doing it. It's just that challenge you're approaching and you tackling that challenge. Well, it's it's funny how art kind of comes full circle, right? Yeah. It's you you do it because you love it at the beginning. Yeah. Then other motives come. Like you said, ass, money, all sorts of shit, right? Yeah. And then eventually you're like, fuck all this shit. None of this shit made me happy anyways. Yeah. What made me the happiest was pursuing this thing that I love to do. And then eventually, once you go through all that bullshit that you go through in the middle, you come back to what you truly fell in love with. And some people don't even come back to it. They just totally fall out of love with it, right? But at some point, you have to be like, fuck this shit. Let me do what I truly love doing. And at some points, like even before I started doing Tiger Bites, I honestly question this whole social media thing mad times. I'm like, do I, am I, what do I want? Yeah. You know, like you're sitting there like, is this something I want to do? Is this, is this for my ego or is this for, uh, um, what, like, what am I doing? This is this social media f- fucking with my head. But then slowly I got out of that situation and you realize, no, 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 you don't really care. Like even now, like I see people on the phone, like I, this is a solely side note tangent that I'm on, but you realize that, no, I don't care about the hits and I don't care about being on there doing Snapchats all the time and doing Insta fame or Insta whatever, Insta whatever it is. You got to obviously get popular. You got to get traction out there so you can get your, your, you can achieve your goals. But it was a, before I started doing Tiger Bets at this point, it was more of a, dude, is this something that's going to spiritually help me out, mentally help me out? And is this something that I actually really want to do? Or do I want to do mortgages for the rest of my life? You know, it's like one of those kind of mm-hmm. things. And honestly, I got the answer from it. And now I'm doing Tiger Bites. I love doing it. Yesterday, we did another shot. And you meet a lot of people. And it's great, man. There's nothing else that you can... There's nothing that can replace it. There's nothing else. Yeah. So, so you mean creative is freaking awesome. So you've worked on a bunch of different projects with different teams, whether it's with Harmon the Hater, whether it's with AK... Um, I guess now you talked about feel, fulfilling a more spiritual need with it. Uh, at what point do you start to to create more for the intrinsic, you know, fulfillment of it? Um, okay, so we all like Anthony Bourdain. I think I like. I don't know if you guys like Anthony. I yeah. fucking love Anthony so, Bourdain. God bless his soul. So I I used to watch Anthony yeah. during that time. Cheers, Anthony. Yeah, yeah. Are, my friend. Sipping a bag for Anthony Bourdain. Bag right of shag now. of life. And and this is when it was no reservations. So he was on the travel channel and I used to be like, there's phases. People go through up and uh, up and up and downs, which is okay to do. It's fine. Mm-hmm. 
uh, during the time of ta- uh, our, our harm in the heaters, like you're going up and down, you're like figuring out life. What do you need? Do I want to do university? I didn't give a fuck about school. Like you went to school, you're doing degrees. Like it was one of those kind of things that was going on. Yeah. Uh, your parents are trying to force you to be like, go get a degree, go get a degree. And you're doing this for the, your whole life. And you realize that this is not what I want to do. I was good at math. I was good. I'm a smart kid. Like I knew what I was doing, but I was like, fuck this life. This is gay. <laughs> and I'm watching Kenny versus Penny. If you guys watch Kenny yeah, versus I love Penny, Kenny like, versus Penny. binge watching this in the den. Like I'm laying around, being Gantapak kid. This is the worst joke. What the fuck is he doing? <laughs> he rarely goes to school, no job, man. Yeah. You know, it's one of those phases. You're been life, there, done that, right? I'm getting drunk every other night, chilling out, trying to chase ass, and fucking the next thrill. And then during that time period, Anthony Bourdain was one of those outlets like you're just watching no reservations like yo this guy's living the fucking life oh, and i will wanted to be a chef and anyways i can tell you the chef story how that started afterwards but don't worry we'll, Bourdain, we'll get into <laughs> all that shit don't worry we got time anthony bourdain was a guy where i was like dude i love to travel i love different cultures just because i went to gourmet school and you yeah. were you understood my own culture yeah. and sometimes when you met some of these white people or you met these people that were not schooled on their own bloody culture they had yeah. no clue where they're from mm-hmm. and you knew more about them than they did about themselves like you went and talked to them like you don't know this and that was obviously one of those like i said when we went to the government school and stuff like that you had to understand yourself and then you would look at other people not by their color or anything and you'd be like oh he's muslim then he studies the quran or he yeah. might know it or this guy's hindu and this is what he believes in and not by judging them or yeah. just trying to understand their culture and be like oh this is their background this is where it came from this is when it started in 2000 bc this guy came and blah the history and everything like that of that person's upbringing his whole cultural influence is like entwined in your brain so when this is happening and you're watching anthony Rooney, i'm like this guy's traveling he's eating he's getting fucked up He's chilling. Back then, days you uh, smoke. Yo. He was young. He's fucking around, right? He's Dude, he's, he's the man because yo, yeah. end of the day is, this is a man who. He he's pretty much punk rock, right? Yeah. Anti-establishment, right? Doesn't give a fuck about where you're from, right? Yo, there's a way to connect with people. He found it through food. And, yo, that is the best way to do it. And, yo, I've learned so much through watching his shows. Yeah. But it's it, it, there's something in the person of Anthony Bourdain himself that makes that show as well. You can't just put Joe Schmo and fucking put him in the same places as Anthony Bourdain and it would be the same. Like, it's, no way. It's hard, man. First and foremost, the way they produced that show and how they did it all together. Like it's 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 uh, as they got to no reservations, then it did parts unknown, and whatever he did it during that time, you realize that the show was they were crazy. They're awesome shows. Yeah. And he came out. He's meeting random people right now. You'll be like, okay, having a random conversation. We're comfortable with each other. We're having a conversation because it's comfortable. Yeah. Think about you're meeting a random stranger. You're a diplomat of some sort, or you're a freaking celebrity of some sort and just having conversations the guy's getting shit faced he's just chilling and he doesn't even let it get awkward ever yeah and we could even make it awkward and we're friends sitting here you know so imagine imagine being that good that even with strangers you can make it seem like yo you you can carry a conversation forever you know and then i watched his stuff and i started watching because parts unknown came on my wife can't watch it again because uh, she's like, oh, it makes me sad and everything that he passed away. Of course. He did his thing. Whatever his reasoning is, at the end of the day, God bless his soul. 
I'm not here to judge what the scenario Dude, I'm, is there. Dude, I'm not going to lie. The day that he passed away, I rewatched uh, the Punjab episodes, man. Yeah. Like, yo, I sort of got... And I'm not going to lie. That shit made me teary-eyed, right? Yeah. Not only... Because, yo, it's amazing that this man... I loved him before he did that shit. Before he ever did Punjab. Before any of that before shit. Before even Parts Unknown. Parts Unknown yeah. was a... He made That's, it. Yeah, yeah. The, he, he was already popping before that, right? Yeah. But what I'm saying is, yo, we love this guy because he is he is showing people the world without bias. And he's just like, yo, I'm going to put the lens on you. I'm going to have a normal conversation. And we're not going to bring in any of the bullshit vibes. And we're just going to treat each other like human beings. And you're going to teach me about your culture as well as your food, right? And uh, he's one of the great influences. And like the day it happened, I didn't believe it. And it was like more of like... What all in at the end of the day, I, I don't want to go on a senti tone or anything like that just because after that first, I'm like, yo, whatever. Yeah. When I heard of like, whatever, it was a whatever situation for me. And then now I went through watching the whole parts and I'm like, what? I had there's a number of theories on this stuff. We're like, yo, you could ask anybody. Some of the, the craziest theories I've heard is like, yo, he, he ended his life because he was in a stage that he was so happy that he chose to do this. This is what he wanted to do. That's one of the theories I've heard. Uh, I watched all the parts unknown. I saw something that uh, you see a transition happening while you're watching it. And it was like, you don't realize that difference through the seasons as you watch it. If you watch from season one from parts unknown to the mm. end, there's a difference. And also he did a lot of jujitsu and stuff like that. He got Mara. Mara yeah. meaning he got a little bit weaker. So he's tackling something. It seemed like he was tackling something that was going on. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe we'll find out in the future, whatever the scenario yeah. was. I don't want to speculate. I don't know what the scenario was, but he was a great guy. Great chef, great personality, world traveler, which is the dream of my show if I could ever get there. Mm -hmm. It's like, this is what I want to do. Comedy, bloody, and fucking... I may not be as political. It might not be as serious. Yeah. I might do more fun and, like, jockey stuff at the end of the day. Well, you're still, in the, you're, still, you're still in the early stages, yeah. and who knows what God Chef knows. Le Tigre becomes at God that in his, in his Anthony Bourdain stage, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah you but never know. But through watching Anthony Bourdain, was that kind of where you started getting more involved in becoming a chef and cooking? No. Anthony Bourdain was not the dude. Uh, like I said, I used to weigh 300 pounds when I was 15 or 16 years old. I yeah. went to, like I said, guys, we all are immigrants family. Everyone has different scenarios at home. People turn to the bottle. People turn to food. People turn to drug dealing. People turn to fighting. People turn to things. So yeah. I used to eat like a motherfucker. I used to love food. And obviously, our parents aren't educated on nutrition. They mm. just know roti khala, atta khala. Desi ke, desi ke <laughs> I don't do kheti body in the backyard. <laughs> yeah. So I'm not drinking. I'm drinking. Yeah. I mean, 50 no, yeah. roti. I'm fucking eating dal sabji every day. Meat yeah. Like my dad was And then you're vegetarian. sitting on a sofa afterwards. Yeah. You're not like, doing kheti life do, after. And then you're doing half an hour, hour of whatever athletic work you were trying to do. <laughs> if there was any going on. <laughs> Plus, there's a dollar forty-nine McChickens in high school. Fucking 67 cent fucking hamburger. Are yeah, Tuesday off KFC. Tuesday KFC is like four bucks now, isn't it? <laughs> I used to get hammed. That's what I heard. And uh, obviously, I had to figure out nutrition from a. I had to first work out, learned how to work out a little bit. So who, who helped you learn some of that? I knew enough where I had to run it. I it was basic where it's like running on the treadmill. So it was like at first it was an internal battle. It was like not getting lazy. It has to do with everything you do with your life. It's like yo, get off your ass and do what you need to do. Mm -hmm. And it was like, okay, I'm going to run on the fucking treadmill, learn five minutes, learn or did five minutes. Mind you, I was a fat guy, I was an athletic fat guy, mm. but not 
the craziest. Remember, girls drove everything. So the athleticism, losing the weight, all this other stuff at the end of the day, at that age, and I'm gonna be honest with you guys, it was just like, hey, how am I gonna get more girls? Yeah. Literally. Right, right. And I was like, I gotta lose some weight, man. So five minutes to 10 to two to eventually two, three hours. So uh, I started running on the treadmill for so long, lost enough weight, and then eventually I had to learn what nutrition was. And from nutrition, my mother wouldn't cook or couldn't cook everything I needed to cook. I had to figure it out on my own. Okay. At the same time, I'm watching Food Network every day. Now it's all it's prime. I don't know if Food Network what, is huge back in the day. Were you ever intrigued by like your mother's cooking though? Like mother's shit cooking. and stuff like that? Like yeah. was that ever like, obviously you were influenced by it, but were you intrigued or did that come like, once you started cooking and started finding that love, did, did you like now start paying more attention to what your mom's doing? Now I pay, I'm anal on my mom, man. I go drop. This is not a lot of people say this, so I'm going to be honest. So we worked in kitchens and you develop your plat, like your, your whole uh, palate, how palette, to develop food yeah. and how to change. Palais, as they palette, say yeah. in Paris. Palais Francais, yeah. And then my mom, me and my mom are like, sometimes we beef in the kitchen. So it is what it is. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm running into that problem yeah. now, man. So you, yeah. you butt heads in the kitchen for that. Like, mom, don't uh, put so much loon in there. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of cooking still, I can't touch some of her sabjians. I can't do it. Yeah. She just has that whole Yo, everybody has like, their meal that, yo, you can't tell me shit when I'm cooking this <laughs> shit. Yeah, so. And another, I always segue back or I always go back to the Godora. Godora, where you learn how to do seva. And while we're doing seva, I hated giving up food or cleaning. So I went in the back in the kitchen. It was my favorite place. You get to fuck mm. around with rotiya, atta, gonla, onu ke. You're gunning atta, you're doing this shit. And there's like a hundred people around this table. And then you're with a bunch of BBs. And there's no, there might be a couple of hater BBs, which is okay. But there's, there's always, there's shout always out to all my hater BBs. Like, I still love you, The undercover who hates you, beats you for no reason, right? One of those are BBs. <laughs> like, nah, you, don't know how to, you don't know how to make that roti right? She's going to kick you off the table, man. It's like, yo, you don't like your jura bingaya ki. You know you're playing too hard, brah. Jura thik ar ke aona. Paat ka nahi bunne ya? Like, what? I'm six. Deadly. Leave me alone. <laughs> I'm six, son. <laughs> So that happened, but a lot of Godwara happened where it's like, okay, I learned, and it was like very cool. You're in a kitchen, it was like industrial because it's huge and there's huge pots of shit just yeah, fucking yeah. flying off. It's danger because mm. there's like fire. Mad danger, mad danger. danger. <laughs> and that sparked it. And then obviously from there, losing the weight and figuring out how to make meat because meat was for some reason, my dad's like, I want a meat, no meat thing. He was a vegan back in the days or whatever his reason yeah. was. They didn't eat meat for six years. I like, I had to learn how to make meat and food and all that stuff. After that, and that's how where the cooking started like yo i could like i actually like doing this and it was tasting good and it was another thing just like i felt good that you like my food and yeah. i felt good that you liked it yeah, yeah. validation so the I same thing like you like my food you were cracking Comedy, jokes like, oh. and stuff like that to yeah. get people to smile and the same thing yo yeah. somebody eats your meal afterwards yo that shit was amazing same thing yo i did something good yeah it, it's a very selfless thing but yo like I always had this thing even for for my mom my mom always taught us like yo no matter what if you're eating at home or you're eating somewhere else um when you're done your meal and you put your dishes away whether it's my mom or whether it's uh I'm at your house and auntie cooked right yeah. I go auntie Botswazi right yeah. she goes you always make sure you tell them that you enjoy their cooking right because yo there is a there is a pride in cooking there's a yeah. lot of love that comes behind cooking right so 
the great and I didn't realize this how much I cared or how much the the cooker cares about the the validation of people liking it until I started cooking myself and then yo when I started cooking like <laughs> dinners for the family and shit and I'm like yo I like I wouldn't ask right but then I'm like at the end I'd be like you know then I'd go clean the dish and I'd have a smile on my face you know and then that's Those vibes are important, man. It's, at the end of the day, like that's why you do it. That's why you vibes. fall in love with it. Yeah, it's the energy you get from it. It's like a fuel that you need for the soul. It's fuel, and you need that fuel to just keep going on, moving forward. So, like you had disasters. I had disastrous meals all the time, and then I'd be like, at the end of the day, you're gonna be your own hardest critic. Yeah. And in any terms of any type of art that you do, you're like, hey, this is garbage, blah, blah, blah. And then you have those guys like, no, it was great. It was so nice. You did a great job. No. <laughs> and you're like, hey, yo, dude, okay. I, <laughs> but still, at the end of the day, they want to love you too. And they like tell you they're honest. Well, they don't want to tell you the honest truth. Some people are like, fuck this. This is too spicy. Yo, oh, this chicken I, is underdone, overcooked. I don't do it. I enjoy cooking. And now it's, it's, it's starting to become a hobby just because I'm like, I'm older. I have to cook meals for the family here and there. So it's just like, yo, my interest got into it. And obviously having friends like you and a lot of people in the industry, it's just like, yo, I, I gravitated towards it originally because I love good food. I love, yeah. I love when food is made with flavor. And luckily in my family growing up, like my mom and my dad are both great chefs. They're both in the kitchen. And my dad just generally he just shies away from the kitchen just because you know that's yeah. the desi standard. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, like, Mom's supposed to cook, or yeah. maybe maybe even mom got cheese and she's like, yeah. "Yo, get out of my kitchen!" Right? Who yeah. knows? But yo, I have two great people who cooked for me all my life. I can <laughs> confirm that your parents are they can throw down in the kitchen. They are yeah. dope dope in the motherfucking kitchen but dad sucks man i'm sorry dad love you really <laughs> that guy. But, but, yo that that is actually a thing that it's guy like, is on another that guy's on a tip bro he'll start throwing grapes and things that makes no sense he just start doing things you just take ingredients out of the fridge and start throwing them in your in your dish i had meals with my dad i've had i've had the opposite of throwing it down. I don't know what the opposite of that would be. <laughs> Laying uh, it up. <laughs> throwing it up. It's called food poisoning. Throwing it's it up. <laughs> throwing it up. Yeah, yeah. There, it makes oh, sense. Man. But yeah, mom is deadly. But dad, uh, God bless his soul. He ain't killing it. Can you remember the first time you cooked a meal and everybody was just like, yo, this is amazing. I didn't cook much as a child. though. If you're going to say chicken nuggets, I'm going to be pissed. I didn't cook much. When did I start <laughs> cooking? Like actually start cooking, cooking. And people liked it. Okay, so I worked at, you know, two for one pizza. Yeah, yeah. Learned how to make pizza. Another one of those jobs I worked for free. And then you used to go there. So I got mad chicken wings at the end of the night. I used to pound like a whole tray of chicken wings. I used to just make full boxes. I was young. I was like 13 or 12. <laughs> Is and this in your, went, in your big body days? I was always big body. Yeah. But uh, no, not prime time big body. Yeah, but now you're like, yeah. a, you know, beautiful, sexy, Trying to you be know, married. Baywatch kind of banda. Sorry, girls. Married mood. Or <laughs> <laughs> Baby ho Baby ho is very cute. <laughs> uh, so we learned how to make pizza. Yeah. And then two for one, the one shout outs to the pizza that used to be on uh, Steels and uh, shout out the Highway block. 10. It's not Steel even there. Highway 10. Highway 10 where the KFC used to be. Pizzas and pastas, and my family loved my pasta. It was easy to do. It wasn't hard to screw up, and it was vegetarian, and people were So you're doing this at 13? 13. 13 and 12 and 13 years old, yeah. 
I had to, man. I had to be like economical. Family wasn't killing it. They're like, okay, you gotta save your money. I was like, okay. But like, did your like did your parents push you into a job, or was it kind of your no, own decision? No, mom was totally cool with it. Dad was like, what are you doing? Dad yeah, is a typical like, dad. He's like, I'll yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. like, like, what are you doing? What are you cooking for? It's like, oh, I just like to cook, man. Like that's all. It was hard to under make them understand yeah. what the situation is, but it's it's one of those. Mind you, my dad was the biggest artsy fartsy guy in India, yeah. but he became all cool guy here. Cool I don't understand. <laughs> but in India, it's pure artsy. He used to be a draw yeah. like an artist and did Gotta all this pay stuff. The bills. Masters of Arts or whatever it's called. Yeah. And then uh, I just liked to do it, and I started cooking. I was like, okay. And the kids liked it. It was better than roti every day, which I think all of us had at one point, or some of, of us did. We didn't get McDonald's. We got McDonald's with a treat. It was a treat. It was like once every three months we got McDonald's. Pizza we got regularly, no yeah. problem. But McDonald's and stuff like that was a bloody oh, treat. That, that's a treat. That was and a treat. Anything other than batao, anything other than the rusty <laughs> sabjian that we hated as children, like fuck this garbage, throwing under the table, putting it in your pockets. I've heard stories under the bed, in the bed. <laughs> There's kids we used to hate. Everyone has these stories. If they had the strict parenting as I did, and they were like, yo, I remember one kid who just throw in his backpack for months and it would rot in his backpack. And kids have these roti stories. <laughs> yeah. This would be just a roti story, like, you know, like confessional. Like you can have a whole episode. And you yeah, you can't. Well, yo, nobody could come home with yeah. their lunch not eaten. Yeah. That's the next court for no reason. Remember, like those roti you could trade for anything. Roti yeah. were cr like crack. Go and love that shit. Yeah. You got the best, like <laughs> the best sandwiches, like the most finest sandwiches. You're like, yo, after all, I don't think that's it. And they were down. It's a tortilla, like, bro. It tastes so good. <laughs> all your snacks. Give me your snacks now. It was good. But that's what it is. Yeah, and we still we live uh, behind a ravine lot. Yeah. So it's just mad kit behind us, right? Yeah. So anytime we have like roti or sabji that we didn't want to eat, we just whip these rotis like frisbees back yeah. in the ravine. So <laughs> it, would, it would hide everything, just a lot of like rabbits and deers back there. So dad used to be home free. So if we got off the table fast enough before mom clapped you, <laughs> it yeah. was like straight to dad. That's it. But yeah, that's what it was. Anything other than roti. Uh, pasta was the closest thing just because it was vegetarian and then uh, mom guys and everyone would be happy eating it. You had a little bit of desi touch of shole pate which I got. And you did a little desi touch, people are happy, people are great, kids are happier because I was the oldest and I was like always like an older. Another issue, I'm the oldest kid and those weren't like, they were my kids. It wasn't like Jaskar and Hilo Jiz and yeah, yeah. it wasn't like they were my brother and sister. It was a brother and sister thing, but I was like, yo, these are my kids, yo. And I guess one of those. Yeah. <laughs> and then you had to take care of like, okay, these kids don't want to eat this and whatever. But we did a lot of the stupid things like that, man. I, I definitely want to get into the food show, but I feel like before we get into the food show, I definitely want to talk about the AK days of your comedy, because I feel like that's when you were really starting to get noticed because Harmon the Hater, yeah, you're playing a certain character. You're one of the funniest guys on that show, but you like, I feel like AK is where you start experimenting more and you start realizing, yo, and even the views that AK start getting at that point, shit goes to a whole nother level. So where does AK kind of enter your life? How do you meet him? I don't know exactly the chronological order, but uh, I remember Humble grabbing AK and they came to our house. We're having a session and the basement getting fucked up, I think, most of the time. And that uh, was the first that, time. Had he released videos at this point? We've had Tiger Bites already out, so we did Tiger Bites. Everything was done. 
and AK was already on the scene. So AK was out and he was doing his videos already. So this is when he did the, I think, Brampton, right? So he's doing that. So he's killing it. He's doing a good job as well. And obviously he's not politically correct. Not at all. I don't think he cares to be politically correct. At yeah, that he time. caught a he's lot not, of caught a lot of heat for that. Which is okay. It's not that. Yeah, it's entertainment. People could take it to whatever level they want to, and entertain people. Oh, Brampton, girls aren't like that, and they are. Who knows? I'm not here to judge anybody. And we're having a great session. Like we were drinking Crown, we're chilling out. We have Gorman, the other guys, and all the other videos are just the fam. Guys. Everyone's fam. Yeah, these most are all of your videos. cousins. Yeah. We're just doing a regular session. So this is when we did the first hating auntie. We're just wearing, uh, they come in, Humble's there. And AK comes like, we got to shoot. We got to do an auntie scene and stuff. We're going to talk shit like auntie. Guy, we've been around auntie and we already, <laughs> we already talk shit about auntie <laughs> anyways. We're like, all right, this is natural. We're already tipsy. And obviously we spit nonsense at that time. And then it took off. We did the shadow concerts and did everything at that time. Hold on, uh, just to go back to the, the auntie a bit there. Was yeah. that like improv unscripted or how did 100% that come together? improv 100% improv it was like saying like hey it'll be a general one-line statement it'll be a one-line statement about hey there's an auntie who has a kid who wants to get married and the guy lives here pretty much and then from there we're just there's four of us who are just saying stupid shit all it's like how much could we take it was just, it was just verbal diarrhea just coming out because it's just like <laughs> it's fun we're laughing making jokes and you're having the greatest time, like and then other guys like this and that. It just worked. And like I told you, like he's uh, he's witnessed it. He's been with us. He's done the whole scenarios with us when we have that chemistry. It's just natural. It just happens. If you put us in a room, we're gonna kill it. I think any type of comedy of a line, and it has to do with the DC ref shit. I think we could kill anybody out there. I'm putting this on paper, putting this out there for the world. I know we can demolish that kind of stuff. No problem. Any Rafuji stuff? 100% I got it. Yo, we didn't even, for Noise, who wasn't yeah. even there, right? Yeah. But for me, I was I was there. You guys were obviously used a lot more. But I was there for a lot of that filming back then. And it was, honestly, a very limited script. And it wouldn't really go be funny up until we started freestyling shit. And at that point, honestly, what we were doing at that point was just like, okay, yo, we got a fucking bottle of Crown. Yo, everybody sauce up like two shots, bang them out. <laughs> and then, yo, let's just fucking, yo, we got to be natural. We can't just fucking, we can't just robot this shit. We weren't actors, so we can't just fucking go full out emotion and, and like sell you, sell you whatever this bit is. No, we have to be fucking tanked and just like, yo, just get out of character and just do what we needed to do. And naturally, we'd find pieces within that that were fucking hilarious. And you nailed it on the head. That's there was exactly no formula. There was no formula. And I think that's you have the script there for a very, very, very flimsy skeleton for that kind of stuff. It's a yeah. flimsy skeleton to give you a guidance and a very because otherwise we'd be off the charts. We're just going to be talking about everything. It's not going to make any sense at that time. Mm. But when you do it, where there's like just a small, very generic premise and improv the whole, I think every comedian does that. I don't think it was just us. I think anybody who does any type of comedy in terms of movies, not writing it out and doing live and stand up, but when it comes down to making content or making videos or movies, yeah. they'll, they'll always weird. Like uh, they're going to walk onto the other path. They're just going to take off from actually seeing the lines, 
they're gonna feel that you know that muse or that internal energy that's gonna come out you're just gonna see what's funnier or make it funnier and it's gonna build and the other guy or the other person on or the other girl whoever the scenario is at that point is just gonna add to that so it's just it's just like combo it's just combos He's adding to the combo. The next person got add to the combo. It's just getting better and better and better and better. And by that time, it's like, yo, cut, cut, cut. We got to do this again. Cut, 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 cut. We got to do this again. Mm -hmm. Because the rawness of that and the raw, the rawness in, in, in those videos was just like, it was gold. Like, I'm not hating. I know we did good. I, I, I miss those days in self. And then we're going to eventually, once everyone comes back and we realize, hey, that the shooting part was the best part of it not releasing it and getting the fucking validation that part in itself was it is what we live for at the end of the day that vibe the connections you make there and the fun you're having it's so much fun it didn't it even seem like work it's better than other than that what we're gonna drink crown play poppy play some 2k play <laughs> fifa hate on each other people are getting mad at each other you're drunk you leave you go home yeah. at this point we're doing something that was funny people are leaving happy and that was one of the first things. Yeah. And then we did the Shah Rukh Khan one. And then obviously he's like, okay, when we did, I think that was the first video. And then the yeah. second video was like, yo, from the get go, we need you guys on board. Cause he realized that he could make the script. He did all the work. It's not even like we're gonna sit here and be like, hey, he didn't write it out. He didn't have the ideas or the premise. Yeah. But at the end of the day, a lot of the one liners, the one, anything that we did in terms of input had a lot to do with everybody on that set mm -hmm. and everybody in the video as well it yo, wasn't just 100 ak yo, it was everybody vision ak is amazing at what he does he does good and yo credit to him yo he left very vague scenarios and he knew our strengths that yo let these guys do what they do he, did, he wasn't there being a fucking prima donna and trying to be like yo you gotta act this way yo chichi you're not doing this good enough yo magic you're not doing this good enough no, he was just there, yo, whatever, yo, do what you guys do, do what you guys are best at. He facilitated that. He didn't try to make us do shit that we weren't trying to do, right? And yeah. that's why that worked. It was just like, yo, you guys have fun, blah, blah, blah. This is an idea I have. Let's see where we can go. And that improv kind of thing just kicked in. And then that's where it was natural and it was cool. And it was just like, obviously it was like, that hating aunties thing became one of his best things that's just i don't know what it is it's just one of those viral things it's really relatable i remember showing it to my mom my mussies like so many people that i knew they're like yo you know ak this that and it was just like my, my mom even recognized you guys off that before she even met you guys properly like it bridged the both the it bridged both uh what is it called generation yeah it bridged the the immigrants that came from india and it bridged the kids that are here so the kids here are like ah, ha, ha, this is true and the parents like Indian Punjabi on the they know everything <laughs> that's happening they think we're all fools somewhat you know it is yeah. what it is but we know everything and not but there's truth anything. within we it yeah we're not just making fun of our culture we're doing it in that way that yo we know so much of our culture this is shit that we all go through let's laugh at it it's not laughing at our culture you know that and that's that was the thing it's not one not one negative comment not i don't know what's on the boards there in terms of when these people came up to us after these videos came not one 
Apra from India or anybody who immigrated here had any negativity to be like, hey, this was bullshit. Why are you guys making fun of us? Yeah. Or why or are you doing this? Or why are you doing They're like, yo, that was jokes. You guys should do that more. They were more pumped for us to do that like on a regular basis. Mm. They were like, hey, you guys know what's going on. Do it more. Do it more. We're proud of you guys. Keep going. And that was another sense of validation when that was happening and stuff like that. So the videos are great. And then obviously that took us to another level too when we started doing those videos. And I told you like that whole world, it just, it's, it's, it's very overwhelming and it's very, you're, you're on cloud nine when that's happening. When you, when you get the validation, you're like, Oh, we didn't even try to be famous. It was like, we're going to make videos. Who knows? We're just making funny videos. Mm -hmm. And it was, it turned out to be awesome. It was great. That's when like, yo, AK numbers is when we're like, yo, what the fuck? There's this yeah. many people on YouTube. <laughs> like, yo, that surprised every Punjabi kid doing anything. You know, it was yeah. like, yo, he started with a random video. I think it was hating on Fateh. That was like one of his first videos to now. Okay. He, he's just, he went from ranting pretty much on a webcam to, okay, doing full out skits with that are, are, thought out and shit like that i think the i didn't even, i didn't even know about the beefs i told you i was caught up with my own life just like the other scenario where i was doing harm and the hater humble brought him to my house humble yeah. is my mom he's pua's house he's like oh no, let's chill out he came to the house and then uh whatever humble's my older brother he's, we're gonna do whatever humble's like yo this is what we're gonna shoot like all right let's go fuck around let's do it yeah. at that point none of us knew like i said just like we none of us knew i didn't know what the Tigra would take us where it would take us. I didn't know where these videos would take us at all. We're just doing it for the sake of doing it. It's a Friday night. They're the quote unquote, the typical brown kids, the brown boys just sitting in the basement, fucking a shit faced and playing fucking video games or whatever. You're not expecting this to be something that's going to be great or anything like that. In terms of the beefs and in terms of the drama outside of our scenario itself, I was ignorant to almost everything. I don't yeah. know unless anybody else knew, but I just knew them weird shit always popping off. So what, what, what do you mean? Like just rain beefing with AK, all that bullshit that was happening at that, that time? That and then I think it was at that time, the Sikh, uh, the knowledge, uh, the Sikh activist crew. Yeah. I don't know what happened. Everyone was jolly molly. Everyone was yeah, yeah. They were reaching out to each other, making a video. I don't know exactly what popped off between them. I don't know. I wasn't there. And then obviously animosity popped off. Mm -hmm. Whatever the scenarios were where instead of uniting people or segmenting and creating their own crews or whatever and people are hating on each other. Some people obviously can withstand it and some people can't. It is what it is, right? And then when you're in these kind of scenarios, people come and outside influences will come and change other people's opinions on both sides or whatever, or three sides or whatever, wherever the scenario is coming from, it can influence that whatever happened there at that time can and did influence the whole momentum that AK had at that point to what I would say. Mm -hmm. And it also remember AK is making videos at an age that he's what? 18. Yeah. 17 years yeah, old. When 18, he, 19, yeah. I don't know. When he started, he's young. Yeah. He's very, uh, uh innocent to an extent yeah and very uh, he's open to a lot of different influences so there's a, he's doing big things and it wasn't small time shit and outside influences came and people change over this so big something happened between i don't know who so you're saying fatty thing because you could i have no clue i didn't even know about this fatty thing until you told me or i no, no, I don't that, know that was just a random thing shit. that he started his whole thing he just did one random hey video and then he even apologized for that later 
all the musicians all the all the musicians were helping yeah. out all anybody that was anybody punjabi and was creative we were all working for the same goal and then at some point i don't i don't even know the full story of the fucking yeah. ak and just we're gonna have to figure that out but you like you ask ak and he yo we're gonna have to get into it. it but no i don't i don't there's not I, there's not a lot of people that know what the fuck that is about and i have no fucking clue but yo this shit happened and n- within that but yo egos are starting to kick in like yo they at the starting of this thing even when we talk to humble we're like yo everybody's just willing to work with each other let's collaborate with a we're a bunch of young desi kids that already as the industry is already against us so yo let's work together to try to uprise because people are already going to feel some way about us being creative Right, so that's the first part of it. <laughs> then now it's all of a sudden it's like drama. Yo, you're getting famous people that may have not been popular before or don't know how to deal with it. This, that, whatever it may be. I'm not. I'm not pinpointing it on anybody. It happened to all of us, right? But this comes in place now. All of a sudden, it's like yo, choose your side, choose your friends, blah blah blah. Shit that I've never done in my life. Nobody's going to tell me who it's I'm like friends with. Again. Nobody's going to tell me who I'm fucking cool with. I'm going to do I'm going to work with the people I love and the people that have shown me love. I don't care. I'm not going to judge nobody based off what people say, right? And shit like that happens and it's all love. I still got love for every single person I've ever done work with. Nobody's really rubbed me wrong, right? And you're you're going to bump heads when it's more people, right? Yeah. But it came kind of full circle, right? Like like AK thing, yeah, we kind of stopped working, but it wasn't like a thing like, yo, fuck AK. It wasn't, it was never that thing. It was just like, yo, we're just not working together. Yo, he wants to do his thing and we're going to do our creative thing. It's the shit that happens. It doesn't have to be that just because, yo, we got a beef thing kind of. No, I, 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 what you're saying is 100% true. And it's just that, like I said, everyone, it's a natural human thing where you're going to segment it's just natural you're never going to be 100% united to keep people united it's like one of the hardest things to do you're always going to have the one person who has hurt feelings or one person who doesn't see the same one person multiple people in the same crew who have different views different perspectives and they're going to segment and then make crews it's just a natural human instinct ability where you're going to have your own subculture or old sub whatever like uh, crew going on or click or whatever it's unfortunate. Sometimes I think back and I'm like, yo, we could have done certain things and we could have done this. At the same time, I'm like, yo, listen, I could have helped out doing the situation. Yeah. I was lost in my own sauce. You know, like everyone's lost in their own sauce, doing their own thing. No one thought twice. They're like, okay, whatever's happening here, whatever they call me, I'll make another funny video. Or, And by that point where everyone's dealing with their own lives or dealing with their own hustle and everyone's dealing with their real life happening. Yeah. Remember, we never got paid for any of this stuff. We're not trying to get paid. That was never the Bunch of kids trying to figure it out. And everyone's like, okay, I got to take care of this shit over here. Fuck it. I'll make the video afterwards. Or I fuck it. I have time to do this right now. Blah, 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 blah. And that does come full circle. But you do realize that at the end of the day, there was if some things weren't a certain way it could have been something else i think it could have been something crazier but we have to go through these phases or these meadows or whatever valleys or whatever that they call them in order to learn about yourself learn about the world yeah and learn about your scenarios and how you're going to adjust to do to handle these kind of things yeah. right so it's important and uh like i said me and ak talk all the time he's making videos with me all the time 
I talk to everybody too, but at the end of the day, remember everyone gets to a different level. Yeah. Everyone's a different scenario. And that's the thing, so, yo. With with growth that comes, yo. We're not gonna. We're not, yo. People want to go and do different things. We're not all creatively thinking the same thing, right? Yeah. So people are gonna venture off into different things. AK is still good in all our books. We still see him whenever yeah. we see him, and yo, we're definitely gonna be doing shit in the future, right? But it it is part of your process. And you can't ever shy away from that. Everything happens for a reason, right? It was the growth of La Tigra. Me as well. I didn't even know what the fuck YouTube videos were. And I kind of got thrown in there because, yo, I'm just this musician friend. So yeah. I just got thrown in there to do this shit. And I was just like, yo, my friendship grew with you and your brother and your cousins and shit through Humble. And just that shit happened all naturally. But it was just like, yo, it's not... End of the day, it was like, that's not going to stop the creative process. And at the end of the day, you guys got to... Like, I think it was... This is how I'm very happy how things are turning out. Otherwise, I'm not doing my videos now. I would not have the focus that I have now. At the end of the day, the friendships that we've made from these videos... At the end of the day, what is what you need. All this shit doesn't matter, right? Like, yeah. love you long time, man. Uh, but of course, brother. It is what it is. Like, you made some strong friendships, which is very important that have nothing to do with money or going to something else. It's just like genuine connectivity and bonding, which is very important in life. And those things happen during that time period. And then you make lifelong friends, which is awesome. Yeah. And now with those lifelong friends, we came back to a point where we're able to handle all the things at home where we're like, fuck making the videos. Let me handle everything else. All that shit is getting handled and it yeah. is handled. And that's where we're going to progress forward and go handle things that we need to because we're a little bit more knowledgeable we understand the whole politicals and we understand the drama we understand enough and we're older now so we understand what's popping off yeah i see big things coming man i always think positive i always gonna be like okay a lot of fun things are gonna pop off can't wait to get it done yeah. it's hard to execute initially because you're like when we do it on our own it's like you have these ideas on in your head and how to uh materialize that idea it's so it's an animal in itself and it's a, a skill that you got to develop. It was easy just being like, hey, AK, do everything. You just come there. He sat there. He's like, yeah, we had no responsibility and that's in and that you're sense. Out. Editing. Yeah, no, he did all the work. He did all the legwork. A lot of people did all the other work. Yeah. Now we're figuring out, OK, yo, we got to do all this shit, too, now, right? No, you've, you've done a lot of great work with AK. You, know, you guys have got some some great feedback, a lot of uh, notoriety for the comedy and for the skits. Um, but then after a while, you mentioned how behind the scenes stuff that you weren't really too aware of as far as the specifics of it. But it, it starts to bleed over into the work itself. And, you know, you're noticing things aren't as productive as they used to be. The vibe isn't quite the same. Um, so when does that start to change for you? And when do you start to take more initiative to create your own thing? And now we have, you know, Tiger Bites is what you're into now. So where, how does that transition kind of take place? Um, there's... A period in time when we were making the videos and we didn't make videos for a long time it wasn't happening and it was more of like a home situation wasn't the greatest like i was i got a full-time job like fuck it i don't want to go back to school went to school finished school off i'm like you know what i want to go and learn how to make food mm -hmm. and i was researching a lot about that stuff and then what it what my whole conclusion from my research was like listen you don't need to go to culinary school to learn all this stuff mm. just, just jump in 
because I'm like, why? My business brain, my whole immigrant brain, being like, yo, why am I gonna pay somebody to teach me? Mm-hmm. Why don't I just get paid and learn on the job, okay. right? Which was the way I thought of it, and the way I thought was the best way to approach it. So I didn't finish uni, so I had a crappy job where I got fired from. Where there's a falling out. God bless them too. Love you guys, but. Shit at the fan there, and it's like one of those opportunities. God's like, yo, now's the time. Mm-hmm. Went back to school, finished my uni, got my degree, just because I'm like, yo, completing the things is another thing that I had to learn. It's like completion. Don't leave things halfway or anything. What Took was what was day. your degree, and was it related in any way to what you're trying to do? No, it was a BBA at uh, York University. I don't know if they have that program. Mm-hmm. Bachelor of Business uh, Administration. Yeah, yeah. And then I just jumped into Wags. You guys probably went to Wags, partied up there, learned how to cook, got my yeah. ass kicked, got rocked, <laughs> worked on the line and realized how hard a kitchen really is and started from making salads, moved up the line and uh, moved all the way up to uh, the grill to saute, which is one of the harder ones and then burned yourself and your parents like, man, you find another one, all that, this and that and all that stuff. Green dandy. So did that for two years, two and a half, three years. Mm-hmm. Opened a couple of restaurants, went with some co- couple of uncles who made, uh, they had a restaurant out in uh, Port Credit, opened that up to learn how to open a restaurant. Okay. So which was a, another Yeah. Can, can you itself. break that down a bit? It's like, who were these, what kind of restaurants were they opening up and what was your role in that? Uh, my role was at the end of the day, they just took another animal on because I was like, beast man. I just did all mm-hmm. the work. I tried to do everything. Yeah. And you realize that what you want is that man's business. And you're just like, listen, this is where the holes are. This is where the holes are. It's an uncle, right? Smart guy, smart businessman. We're trying to open a restaurant. And uh, you just want to protect that guy too. It's like, listen, this is where you got to fix this. You got to do this. And you want to, you want it as your own. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of immigrants involved. Another immigrant thing, which we love, but immigrants don't teach you how to cook. They don't want you to know those skills. Mm-hmm. And when you're trying to learn how to make butter chicken and you're in a kitchen there, the issue is going to be where they're going to be afraid that you might take their job. Right, right. Right, which is a serious thing. That's a reality. It was like, okay, this guy's going to learn that he's young. He's hardworking. He's pandetong daya. Yeah. I'm doing the pure gotorade. It just comes in because you're like, yo, I pandetong What's What's this? What's this scenario? It doesn't make a difference. You learn everything and you're trying to do everything else. So you step on mad feet. That was one of the things I learned. But you learn how much of a circus a kitchen is without even being at Wags. The Wags is already running business that's running. But that kitchen is you have a bunch of immigrants from different parts of the world. Pakistan. You got people from Bangladesh. You got people who run and you have characters out in the kitchen, different type of characters, different immigrants, different life stories. They're just immigrants who came and none of these guys. The first thing I heard at Wags, sorry, I'm going to go all over the place. It's like, yo, Punjabi, what are you doing here? <laughs> they're like why aren't you doing what are you doing here yeah. okay and then i'm like yo i want to learn how to cook they're laughing they're like all you guys are doing like you're killing it out there why are you in a kitchen why are you in a kitchen trying to grind mm. in a kitchen they're just like listen to this and then one tamil guy where the tamil guys run all the kitchens in north america pretty much they're it's like the it sucks but they have that work ethic they do two jobs or work at two different restaurants to provide they're great providers or Southern India, Madrasi, whatever, the Southern Indians, they love that cooking stuff and then they give you their history and they're like, listen, cook at home. Mm. Learn how to cook at home. Fuck all this shit. Get out, learn how to cook at home. And then my brain clicked at who was like, listen, I'm making minimum wage. When I open the restaurant, I'm making cash, I'm making $5 an hour. 
I'm freaking 26 years old. I mean, $5 an hour. I'm like, I'm literally living the immigrant life. Then I'm like, in order for me to do this and open a restaurant, what do I have to do? I'm like, this is going to take me forever. Yeah. This is the reason. And then it killed that whole vibe of like trying to learn on top of it where people aren't trying to tell, teach you the skills. Some of these guys, Wags will, because it's a corporate kitchen. Uh, they want you to learn everything properly. They were semi-open for me to learn how to make everything else. But when we went to the Indian side and anything else, you're just a like a pawn. They're like, we're going to use you, your workhorse. Do this. We want you to do this. Yeah, they're you, worried about you taking recipes, starting your... They're aware of that. Yeah. They've and been burned before. You're just, you're just a worker. You're help and your labor. And then I'm like, yo, I'm smart enough to learn this on my own. Like, I don't need to learn the cooking aspect. I learned enough where... I don't, we not learned enough. You can keep learning. But when we went through that kitchen phase and uh, realized like, listen, you got to make capital in order for, if I want to proceed to open a restaurant, I need capital. And then at the end of the day, I was like, I got to make my own money to open this place. I had nobody else to be like, okay, you got to do this or don't do this. I had to provide for myself. So I was like, listen, I'm educated enough. I'm smaller, smart enough. And I did sales for so many years of my life. That's why I, I, I took off for a while. During that time, I still make videos, try to do them. And like I said, AK was dropping off. And I'm like, yo, let me do the cooking stuff. No one's doing the cooking stuff. And I'm like, I like doing this. So you jump into the situation I spoke earlier with Magic is like, you don't realize when you start making these videos, how hard a video is to make. Mm -hmm. And then comedy is in its own self. Making It's a comedy video and you're trying to entail... Uh, cooking which you have to prep food for if you fuck up the food while you're cooking you have to do the whole thing all over you have random people coming over and you have, it was just a, a nightmare in itself okay so we did the stuff where it's called eat you see on chapter tigre page or if you go on youtube and i'm like okay i gotta take a step back let me recalculate let me figure it out fast forward i'm at a bachelor party my own bachelor party and me and poon are on like a yacht we're on one of these things I'm like dude shout I, out poon Puno's not here. He's living the life. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm printing shirts. And then um, he's, I'm sitting there and Puno's like, I know my, he's one of my best friends. And I'm like, listen, dude, I don't like what I'm doing. I'm doing the financing to make this capital. I'm like, oh, bro, I got to get back into this. And he tells me, okay, maybe, but he's like, I'll just help you from the outskirts. I'm not going to really help you. I don't want to help you, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, wait, we had this conversation. I thought I, you know, instilled some sort of like John in him to do this. Yeah. Two, three years later, now we're at uh, Tiger Bites. And then um, we're sitting there and like, he comes to me. He's like, yo, do you want to do a show? And I'm like, yeah, why not? Let's do a show. I'm like, mm -hmm. where did this guy get the interest from now, right? And then he's like, okay, this is what we're going to do. Let's try doing this. And then we connected with Bramptonist and... We literally took a month and a half. Our first shoot took a month and a half to get the guys. Thai guy, he's right in Brampton on Fisherman. The first episode we did. That immigrant had the immigrant mentality. He didn't trust us. He thought we're going to like bait a scene where yeah. like, hey, you're going to go to the backs. You're going to go to the back and like, he might have some desi practices, right? It's a desi restaurant. But he has the best Thai food, guys. You got to check Bro, it out. I already knew about that spot yeah. because shout out, it's in Heart Lake. Yeah. It's a Heart Lake staple. Yeah. It looks like this place is dead, 
but the amount of takeout and deliveries or what i don't even know if he does delivery but the amount of takeout orders like that guy will remain there forever it he seems like it's not people. busy but yo that place is fucking busy as shit because the food is honestly amazing amazing thai food 18 years old i know that guy another job i used to work at a mechanic another mechanic shop uh uh oil changing you're a mechanic kind of guy i did yeah. changed oil man i had oil spill all over me when i was hot and one person told me to become a stripper <laughs> i remember like gordy came he's like yo you should become that. a stripper i was like yeah whatever and that's another story it. he's like i i'm a punjabi guy i have to be on in the life and everything anyways so went there and then even with 17 years of a relationship with this man where i used to eat at least once or twice a week yeah. the guy still didn't trust me enough to be like okay come and shoot he didn't understand it you could tell that's where you could tell where the immigrants don't understand where social media and what the power that has these days in order to either promote their business promote your image promote whatever you need to promote yeah. so he had no clue took me a month and a half two months and poon's like poon pitched this idea like let's do this and I, i'm like okay let me get like i'll go source all the restaurants do what i need to do yeah that guy i'm like we're doing thai guy first i call him thai guy i don't even know his name he calls me ja he doesn't even know my real name or anything so <laughs> by the time we got them into the restaurant and then he was like so happy the guy was like ecstatic he loved the episode he loved everything that we did yeah but you could tell that immigrant whole protect my well shit, yeah yeah who knows right yeah. uh, within food critics who yeah. knows if they're gonna be like fuck this which i don't think is your guys goal to begin with i don't think you're going into it with a mindset like obviously yeah fucking they're serving you some garbage you're not gonna fucking shy away from saying that it's garbage but i don't think you go in there with the intention of trying to damage the fucking restaurant you're trying to go and work with you have to yeah. keep a professional relationship in some sense mind you most of these restaurants in brampton are not killing it in terms of like they're not franchises they're not boxes they're mom and pop mom shops and pop, this is their yeah. grind this is their livelihood you don't want to go in there like parents. They're just small, you go on this event. You're dropping these lines on people, which you could do. Yeah. And then a you ruin your own reputation. You're just going there trying the food that you like. Yeah. Or recognize and like, okay, this tastes good. I'm only gonna rep you like this. I'm yeah, not. Yeah. You're not to gonna eat fish if you hate yeah. fish and then talk shit about it. Now while I'm doing tiger bites. You realize not every chef is trying to be on the fucking camera. Nobody's trying to be star man. Is you realize how to adapt to that? So the next we're at episode fourteen now, and with Revive Films or by Boy Amrit who's killing it too. Yo, he's shout out to Revive he's Films, man. Yeah. Yo, he's like shout out Revive. Two years old or twenty three. I don't know. He's a young kid. Yeah. Very young. No, he's ripping yeah. it. And he he does magic with the the the, the camera work, and then at the no end of the pun day, intended. Yeah. <laughs> We learned as chemistry wise how we work together. Me yeah. and Poon are you, best you, friends. You, and me and Poon are, uh, it's different. We'll it was it was a, it was so it was a it was an idea sparked by you. Yeah. You bugged your friend Poon, who who is a good friend of mine as well. Yeah. Great, great, amazing individual. Yes. Who is always down for the cause. Yeah. Great. And, uh, I'm supposed to heat on this guy right now. No, no, no. We can talk shit. Don't worry. We'll, yeah, have, tell a, we'll him. have a roast session on Poon. <laughs> Don't worry about that. Tell him to get back to making some beats. Yeah, yeah. No, that's, that's <laughs> the he one makes thing. all the beats, by the way. For I, all know, episodes, I know. I so. know. And that, I feel like that's the way, like, yo, it's all worth it for him because he can just put sneak his beats onto your episodes all the time. <laughs> yeah. No, but yo, shout out to Poon. I, I, I've seen all the work that he does behind the scenes and it is a lot and shout out to him as an individual uh but 
it, it, once you gathered your team now you have a, you you have the video guy you have your your confidant behind the scenes you know everything is going good what, like like where do you grow from there are you learning episode by episode or do you already have it in your mind that this is what i'm doing or is it a is it a growing aspect Okay, so everybody at that table, just like you guys are working together right now, you're gonna know your strengths, you know your strengths, you know each other's weaknesses, and you work off those strengths and weaknesses and whatnot. So obviously we understand our strengths and weaknesses, and from that we've learned that first, where we, where I told them, I listen, I don't care how many views we get, number one, and I go, listen, the influencers that we do know, we're not gonna approach them, like let's not even fuck care about that right now. And like initially, I think anybody who wants to start off is more about low. The first video I've made, I need to get 100,000 hits, 10,000 hits, 5,000 hits, blah, blah, blah. I don't think you should have that mindset in when you approach your video at all or your any type of project that you're doing. Your first approach should be how do I get better at what I'm doing? So our first 14 episodes or 13 episodes that we made was just to A, sync as a crew and then B, figure out what pisses the other guy off, vice versa, where the other person lacks and where I can be better or where I can, you know, it's just slack. No. Some guy pulls a slack some other way and blah, blah, blah. No. You figure that out. You gotta be, it's very hard. Getting three people to do something is hard enough. It's no. free. We're not getting paid for this. No. It's not like we're getting cake. We have our lives, we have kids. I have kids, whatever you know no. what I'm trying to say. Everyone has their own life. Everyone has their own grind, but the, the passion was strong enough there and, and the connection in, in, was strong in, enough. And now speaking, you've been there, done that, right? Yeah. And you, you've seen what it's like to work with numerous people. And it, me and Amrit have had the same thing. It's Whether it's music, whatever you're in, the more people, the more egos, the more brains behind any project, it, it, it takes more time because not everybody is pulling in the same direction at the first time. Yeah. That is the, the beauty is finding a way to get everybody to pull in the right direction. But how are you now learning from maybe uh, past relationships and figuring out how to work with these guys that you are now starting this new venture? You with? allow people to. So if you have an idea. So me, us three are making a video. You have an idea. There's might be a tendency of me wanting what I want. Yeah. You might have a great idea. And because I'm like, this is my shit. How are you? You'll say it and I'll pretend like, ah, yeah, that's a great idea. It comes. It's very important to allow that person in order. If you want them on the team to let that idea come into what's that word into reality or like it has to come into you allow them to execute that idea yeah. because then from that idea, A, you build the trust. A, you're like, listen, I listened to you and we were going to do what you wanted to do as well. And at the end of the day, what's the harm? If you kill it, you kill it. We're all working as a team at the end of the day. That's what I figured out. Like, you don't need to have control over everything as long as it's not conflicting with something internal that you think is very serious. You should voice that for sure. Yeah. But you allow everybody to be creative. Yeah. You allow all them to be like, yo, hey, this is my idea. This is what I want to do. And you allow them to do it. Let them have the, you want leadership? Go ahead, go figure it out. Tell me how you want to do it. And when they don't fuck around, if they don't, and then you school them eventually. If I don't do something properly, you should be able to tell me like, yo, Cheech, uh, this is fucked up. You should have yeah. done this. Or yo, dude, I don't like this. You didn't shoot this well enough. And Poon, like your beef's fucking garbage here. You should fix this. That's how it is. And don't take it to heart. 
learned like yo that's right or not right and let me just make it better all it is yo, is getting better step by step by step i feel like and i can't speak for you but speaking for myself once you get burned you realize how much transparency is so important yeah because if it, everything is laid out before you get into a business relationship creative relationship with anybody yeah if everything is transparent and, is, and yo this is the way i feel this is the way this made me feel that is so important for getting ahead, right? And that's where I feel like, yeah, you have to do stuff with people that you may not necessarily end up doing it with for the rest of your life. Yeah. Because you have to realize, yo, do I fit into this group? Is this the type of group where I can, is this gonna damage me? Is this gonna knock me down? Or is this something that I can work with to create something crazy, right? And you found it looks like you found your team where you can finally create something that is for yourself you've always been somebody who has been um adding to other people's ideas for the yeah. first time now you've kind of taken the helm and being like this is some shit that i want to do but you haven't shied away from asking for help from people that are close to you, you. Help, but man. but just just like how how is that different from now taking the helm and being responsible for every single aspect of your video from where it used to be, yo, just show up and be funny. Showing up to be funny, at the end of the day, the videos aren't 100% funny. So f we have 100 projects. It's not 100, it's things. not, comedy isn't the main yeah. aspect for the person, yeah. for the people that don't know, it is a food show that, yeah, where my friend uh, La Tigre travels to different uh, restaurants uh, around the greater Toronto area of all different descents, all different nationalities. and But the main focus is the food itself. And he focuses on the little, it's mainly mom and pop uh, shops for yeah. now. And but yeah, that, that is the show for the people that don't know. And for the people who are going to watch in the future, obviously, you need to have an entertainment factor and all this other stuff. You got to learn how to become that person. Like I said, your first book, your first album, your first anything is a learning process. So in this Tiger Bites, the Tiger Bites first season was learning how to work as a team, how to edit as a team, how to write as a team, how to uh, go and approach outside restaurant tours, finding out what's going on with them, the chef owners, whoever you got to deal with. It was that learning process. Now it's about, hey, how do we make this? Right now it was more educational. It's like, hey, we went here, we ate this, and this is what it is. How do we add more value? How do we add more entertainment to the next videos? How do we make this more entertaining? What do we do? Because the other stuff becomes easy because it's a regular, it's practiced. Yeah. Right? So the next stage of videos are going to be, okay, let's add these two things that are make it slightly difficult for us, but the video is going to turn out better or something else is going to turn out a little bit this way or that way. So our vision is obviously adding the comedy into it. Yeah. We're going to add maybe traveling into it. Like I have a million ideas. They're like, shut the fuck up. Just do one thing at a time. Cause yeah. I'm going all over the place. Of course. Everybody has a thousand ideas. They're like, we should do this too. And we should do this too. And we should do this too. Just figure out the, the thing that you're working on is, I think is very important. And as we move forward, I think we're going to have a little bit funnier videos. Uh, we're going to have, just funnier segments. I like being funny, man. Yeah. The funny thing is, obviously, is it's a very important thing that we're going to add into the Tiger Bites episodes. And like I said, this is just one project that we're working on together. There's a multiple ideas that we have and other ideas, uh, other projects that is going to be just jump offs from this. 
uh that's how the tiger bites thing is so we're on the second season now we're technically we're already obviously we're doing our own thing congrats so, man yeah. that's a big thing though yeah, like because yeah. i've i've seen this honestly like we're we're friends we're, we don't act like it on a mic like yeah. we are friends outside of this and I've seen this come from idea, and literally, I've seen you come from yo. Let's do sketch comedy. Let's. Let, you were just hungry to do something, right? And you what, told me. Yeah, yeah, and I told you. I go uh, ever since I've met you. I go yo, Chichi. Whatever you want to do, let's fucking do it, right? Yeah. And that's always been my mentality with any good person I've met, right? Yeah. It's just like yo. If you want to do some shit, let's fucking do it. You need me, don't hesitate to call me, right? But it was just like, yo, I saw you hungry to do something and for you to find something within your passions and then to be able to just fucking dive into it without knowing what you're doing and now to see you polishing this thing that you created, it's fucking amazing to see. And for a person like you, like, yo, you've been around for so long, but you're no fucking new fucking guy to this shit you put in your work and to see you finally have something that is your baby yeah you know not to bring it full circle to you yeah. being a new father but <laughs> you like the way i did shout that that's my, journey. that's my that's my that's my yo shout out to tiger cat yo he's a beautiful cat. baby who fucking chills with anybody yeah, that yeah. picks him up but yo it's just it's beautiful to see that yo it's come to this point where yo you have full control of what you're doing and but like you said yo i'd love to see you uh spearhead with comedy because i feel like that is your biggest strength yeah you're amazing cook i've ate your food you also know food itself commenting on food you're great at it but like yo your raw comedy you're like like i say i me and noise discuss this all the time i go when you talk about punjabi youtube community the rupan balls the Latigras, those are the guys that nobody ever fucking can speak ill on. We, anybody that I've ever talked to go, yo, those guys make those videos, right? And that is the guy uh, who you are and is part of your legacy, but that alone doesn't define who you are, right? You are stepping into your next light, which is Chef Latigra. And whatever comes out of this, man, I'm motherfucking proud of you. You're my brother. I really appreciate that you came to do this. Noise, what else? Yo, even yeah. Latigra, anything else we need to add that you feel like that we left out? Um, I love you guys. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Thanks uh, for coming. Shout man. outs to the Revive and Puno guys. Shout outs to A hey, Magic punked me one day. We're getting drunk. I like getting drunk. He yeah, likes getting yo, drunk. Too. Me, and, say, yo, like getting drunk. me and Chef Latigra have been <laughs> drunk numerous times together. And then this guy, we're like having meeting after meeting. And this guy's like, uh, I'm like, yo, we should do this kind of skit. And then we should do that kind of skit. No, One legit, day, Magic's like, like, yo, yo, Magic, man, just get banaid up. Just do it, bro. Just fucking yeah. do it, bro. And I was like, yeah, he's but, right. Like, I know, just have to do it. A lot yo, of talking. Just don't no, talk. It, just take the first step, uh, guys. Uh, yo, Whoever's out there listening, the one thing I take love the first step. The one thing I love about Cheech is, yo, he ha always has ideas, right? Always has ideas. And I love people that have ideas because I'm the same way. Before I can ever figure out a way to execute it, I like to just blurt it out into the atmosphere. And if anybody can help me with it, it goes, even if nothing comes out of it. Yeah. Who, yo, at least it's out there, right? But yo, one thing was, yo, way before Tiger Bites, after the AK shit, you were like, yo, we should do comedy, we should do this. But you were exploring avenues, right? Some shit didn't pan out, but yo, you were still like, yo, Magic, we should do this, we should do that. And I'm like, go, yo, I'm down, I'm down. And yeah, at one point I might've been like, yo, 
yo, you keep telling me about shit. Let's just fucking do something. Like, yo, but that was I- even in my own hunger. Like, yo, I I wanted to do shit personally yeah. in my own selfish way. But also, I was just, I just knew how good you were at that that shit, right? If we, if like I said, this is put it on record. If you're gonna put an edit, you can do it. It's up to you. But I think. Yeah, we're gonna eventually go down that road again. Every you're on a boat. I'm glad you guys are making this podcast. I'm proud of you guys. It's the step in the right direction, yeah. and it's gonna just get you focused on what you need to do. And when we do the comedy stuff, it's like the right. There's like you know what is right in life. Like this is one of those things that I am going to pursue for sure. Yeah. And the comedy thing's gonna be 100. percent It's just like okay, Tiger Bites makes sense at this point. Let's go figure this out. Let's how to make videos, and we'll make fun. We'll make funny videos. 100%. 100% I'm going to make funny videos. I just got to have to figure out how to. Do you understand? The idea is there. It's just that what's in your brain and executing, like I said earlier, is the hardest part is from going from your brain and then into a physical reality is the hardest part you're going to do. And it's not going to be right. If you're brand new, unless you're deadly and you're very a, a bloody genius or you're something <laughs> fucking killing it, it's not going to come out right the first time. You're going to hate your life. All that shit's going to be popping up, but don't give up. Just keep at it. I came out like, when did we make the bloody videos? 10 years ago? 9 years ago? Fuck, I'm making videos. It's it's been a minute. It's been a minute. We've been in this, man. We're going to get it. So at the end of the day, Uh, the comedy videos will come 100%. It's just that, hey, the food stuff is something that's something that I know that's going to help me do it where it kind of differentiates me. Yo, I don't. When mean, I, I add the comedy on it, it's gonna be something. That I don't mean to push you at all. I yeah. was that was just like we're my, getting I, it, as man. a motherfucking fan. I'm your. I know I'm your brother, but I'm a fan as well. You I, know? I, we're gonna make the funniest shit too again. That's of it. Course. I'm. I, who cares? I don't even need to release it. I'll watch it on my own. Of I'll watch course. it on the big screen. Just, that's what I told you. It's just yeah. sitting and making the funny stuff. It's worth. It's time. It's worth it. It's, if you could take time and make it into a physical reality, it's worth its time yeah. and gold. If that makes sense. Yeah. It's worth it. So just a, just a couple of things I want to note, uh, just based on the discussion we've been having. Um, you know, it sounds like you're, you're in a great place right now with Tiger Bites. You're combining food, combining comedy, and just going through your upbringing, going through your life story. These are two things that have been, you know, huge parts of your life as far as your growth and your development. So the fact that you've been able to combine them in a creative way is a beautiful thing right now. Um, and I think just going back to another, another point that you brought up, how, you know, you're working with all these immigrant guys and they were like, oh, I don't want to tell this guy anything. I don't want to share any sort of knowledge with him because he's going to try to take my spot. Yeah. Uh, that's one thing I've kind of noticed with, you know, our generation is that there's less hesitance to share that knowledge now. It's, it's like, okay, we got to figure out all this shit first. But once we figure it out, we want to we want to pass that on to other people because we know other people are trying to get on too. Um, so that's that's the thing we noticed just based on conversations we've had when we had Humble on the show. He talked about that as well is that this generation is focused more so on spreading that knowledge and sharing it and giving back. Yeah. So uh, I don't think we found that. I think it's more clicky where you at our generation is like the crew you hang out with is something that's more important or who you want to be friends with or who I think is more where who will give you a levitation or who will uh, elevate you the fastest. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think what's more important is like who you actually connect with the best. And I told you, like, if you connect with this certain person or that certain person better than a very popular person, I will tell you, if you want to, in the long term, is always to chill with the person who you connect with the best because you're going to make probably the best content. Maybe in the short term, you'll get short-term success with the people who are famous or who have connections. But 
in the long term, make sure you find the right person who vibes with you properly because the vibe is what's gonna. It's that where did life come from? It was like the fucking ocean crashing onto the sand and shit like that. And it somehow turned into fucking cells in the water. Same shit. Mm. You have the right people around you and you have the right vibes. That's where that life comes from. It's never going to come from that guy who's like, yo, I'm so fucking famous. Or that guy who knew everything or does know everything. It comes from that energy that connects together. And that positive energy and that good energy is going to make fucking nuclear bombs, man. It's going to be fucking <laughs> I'm telling you, it's going to do it. <laughs> you're right on that your knowledge rubs off on each other yeah. right and that that's the biggest thing like now with our generation it's like yeah before motherfuckers might be salty yo i'm gonna not share my shit because i you know that's dear to me or whatever but like yo in our generation yo we owe especially within young punjabis these are the things i learned in my fucking on my journey i may not be a master at what I, what I fucking do but this is what I learned if that can help you in any way to stop you from getting less burnt along the way then yo all the power to you and I don't I don't I don't get the point of not like yo that's the way the world works we're supposed to share our knowledge for the next generation to be greater than us and I feel like as Punjabi creatives that is our greatest responsibility right now biggest responsibility and don't be for, like don't be afraid to look stupid. Just don't look. I told you this is how I became somewhat high, broke any molds in primary school, middle school. Like, look thing. stupid. Who it's cares? The, it's the same fucking be goofy kid. It's the be same goofy kid from yeah. primary school. Be that outsider. Be that dude. Be whoever you need to be. Don't be afraid of what you are. It's not gonna change. You could try your best. It will not change. It doesn't matter when you try. It's gonna. You're gonna always revert back to your natural being. And yo, own that shit. And owning that shit is what's gonna free you. And from that freedom, we're gonna fucking World War number three. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck Trump. No, I'm joking. Um, should we do our segment thing? It's becoming a thing now. We might yeah, as well do it. We're trying to make this uh, tradition on the show. So we like to close it by uh, everybody on the panel just going around and either mentioning a thing or a person that they're just grateful for and that they're glad that they have in their life. I start? Yeah, yeah, no. Or oh, you don't have to. I, you don't, yo, if you don't want to. First of all, I can understand what's popping up. Yeah, exactly okay. Yeah, so we were talking about food. It just kind of brings me back to uh, when I was younger. So my mom used to make pizza every Friday night. Okay, so, Friday night yeah. pizza night. That's Friday, Friday night homemade pizza flex. So <laughs> yeah, I wanna, I'm thankful for my mom and the fact that, you know, she did and still does hold it down with the pizza um yeah there's just something i think you know just talking about it with your with the conversation we've been having today there's something very i don't know there's it's like a different type of spirituality to create food and then share because we all got to eat yeah and you want to make sure that what you're creating is nourishing and enriching to the other person um so there's something very spiritual about cooking and yeah i just want to give a shout out to my mom awesome that's beautiful mom i love you <laughs> <laughs> She's never gonna hear this. Like I had to show her. It's one of those movie the Yeah, you're gonna have to yeah, put some headphones on her. Drop that knowledge on them. Uh other than obviously I had a kid, so it was a, one of the biggest most. Yeah, if you don't shout out your kid right now, or your wife. Yo, Tiger Cat might just come clap you. 
my Karali too, because yo, we walk out. You know, not, you know who taught me about Karali? Yeah, it was noise. We had a conversation <laughs> where I came as a birthday party. He's like, yo, that's my Karali. Hey. No, 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 I said, I said, yo, that's, that's your who? My Karali. Like, oh, <laughs> no, no, I said that's my. Why are you making him sound like <laughs> Sanjay Dutt right now? <laughs> He's Kanaik, bro. I was killing it. Right <laughs> I'm like, like a villain like, right now. I'm like, this is my boaty right here. Yeah, boaty. Yeah, I like yo yeah. Karali and boaty. Those are <laughs> yo. Those are, like, if you think about it, really boaty. Like, sick of words. Ever. They're sick words. And the best word though is a boarani. Boarani. Yeah, if I start calling my girl Borani, she everybody might, get, just tell she me might think she's crazy all of a sudden. Was, I can't, be, like, can't was, be risking that. It was just... God, Ali. <laughs> <laughs> well, did noise appear from the shadows before he said that? Does she at home call you, hey, Tusi Boldini? Hello. It's not even, yo, noise. It's hello. Hello. You're like, Yo, what? That right there, that <laughs> was my parents. That was only when my parents interacted with each other. Uh, He's a good guy. He's a stand-up guy. <laughs> Shout out to the kid. Love you long time, Jorah Singh. Tiger Cat. Tiger I Cat. I changed the license plate. Everyone want, did not want me to do that. It's changing it to freaking Tiger what? Cat now. You're On the car. Oh, it's not. Yo, that's uh, available? Anyways, so that's available? Tiger Cat was I'm going to go. Hopefully, yo, I didn't. I'm going to make a <laughs> license yo, plate. Yo, you should do it. And then on his 18th birthday... Like, give him the license plate without a car and be like, yeah, get your own car, motherfucker. Kamakar. I'm going to make him build his own car. I'm going to drop on a mechanic shop and a computer shop. Oh, yeah, yeah. Shop yeah. There for three it goes years. full circle uh, to the mechanic Yeah, mechanic yeah the mechanic No, okay, yo. So the, I fam, get the fam, the fam. Let me just finish this. Yeah. Grateful for a lot of things. You know what I did a lot? Started doing is meditation in the morning. You got to be grateful for everything. And I pump everything you hate a lot of things all the time all the time negative thoughts are gonna come but love all the things in your life and just talk about it all the time and yeah. you're like yo i have a very good life mm-hmm. really have a great life yeah wife brother and sister mom dad mother-in-law mother-in-law father-in-law navi whoever navi's out there i don't know what you call brother-in-law there's <laughs> a lot of people Shout out there navi. cousins fam jam beautiful people out there love you guys all yeah. and uh for sure jora singh the le- he's, he has a soul though I can't lie man It is what it is Yo man He's, he a, he's, it, a, man. He he's a beautiful baby boy Yeah Yo You did you did something right In this world Yes Yo yes, if, yes. If, if, if nothing else pans out Yo You brought a life Onto this earth So I never thought I could do it man It was different It's crazy right <laughs> It's here now It's like yo now I have to be a little bit more responsible. The responsibility went up two percent in my uh, <laughs> in the spectrum there, and that's it. Like you're gonna take that, uh, right? That's all. That's crazy. All right, Matic, Honestly, the more I think about it, the more we carry on with this podcast, man. <laughs> I am so thankful of these fucking relationships we've built over the years, because. This thing between me and Latigra is not a one in two years ago yeah. thing. It's we had a previous podcast with Humble where he explains all these Hamilton trips, and that's where I met first met uh, JK. Mm-hmm. That's where I first met Grizzy. JK being uh, Latigra's younger brother, Grizzy being your younger cousin, and both uh, cousins of Humble as well. So it's like I met family members of Humble while we're all going through this creative aspect and you guys are all creatives as well. And these are all and Grizzy and JK being also the aunties in AK's videos, not to fail to mention, right, because they're going to want their clout. But um, yeah, these are these are important people that I've met along the way. 
that could have just been associates uh, associates through creative things right and i've had people who i've met through uh, creativity and i may not be friends with them right but you guys are people that i've met through this and these are relationships that have become like family i met you and humble humble slowly became family and through that you guys became family and now i probably talk to you more than i do humble and that's who introduced me to you guys right and this podcast is making me realize that yo i have a lot of fucking talented friends and i want to showcase that shit and among uh above all that i am really thankful that i do still have people like you in my life who are really talented and keep pushing me to be inspired and for me to do creative shit like this and showcase stories and even music right so that is ultimately the biggest thing I'm thankful for right now because it is the biggest spark of uh, inspiration I currently have in my life. I love you too. I love you guys. This has been The Immigrant Hustle with your boy B Magic and... Noise. And... Chef Latigra. We're going to end it on that very sexy note. Goodbye.